Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams. And joining me after a short sabbatical, uh, my partner in true crime, my guy, Mr. Francel Evans, is in the building. Let's give it up. Let's make some noise for my guy. Let's round of applause. Turn yeah. it up. Yes, indeed. He is the man. He is back. Yeah. Frank, talk to him. How you been, man? What's going on? I've been all right, man. Um, just to give you an update, uh, my mom passed March 5th, so that's why I haven't been you know, on the pod lately, but... Uh, just been dealing with that. Some days are harder than others, but um, I'm getting through it, though. Absolutely yeah. understand, man. Um, I would say uh, I understand, but I don't. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You've experienced something I have not. And, yeah. you know, but I'm, I'm here for you. And, you know, I got nothing yes, but sir. love for you, my guy. And, uh, yeah, we missed a lot of uh, conversations that have been happening on the Internet. Uh, okay. There was a conversation about uh, more doors than wheels. I uh, would have loved to have your thoughts on that. But the time has passed. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> the moment's passed. We're not going. You know, we're not going to linger on that one. But there's a there's another one. Okay. Um, that I would love to have your thoughts on. Also, I'm, I'm recovering from something. Uh, I was hanging out with Fran and his kids, <laughs> and his kids got me. You know, he got me a little yeah, under Max the weather. Yeah, Max got me sick. He was uh, blowing snot bubbles, then fist bumping me, beating me up. Beating and stuff. you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, but I'm reco- I'm in I'm in remission from the sickness, and and everything is uh, on on the come up. But um, my voice is a little sultry at yeah. the moment um but uh there's another one floating around the internet and i would love to get your thoughts on this and really think about this yeah my question to you friend is how many kindergartners do you think that you could take on in physical combat at one time <laughs> at one time realistic like like, like again, realistic yeah like how i'm coming at you how, a number like just how many hands. Just, I, mean, I mean like yeah, bare hands yeah bare hands probably like 20 30 of them that's that's a, that's a, uh, and I don't want to be cocky because I like your answer. Your answer was very yeah uh, humble. Yeah, man, I think conservatively, I think I could take on about at least seventy five to one hundred. doubt Kindergartners at one time, man. If they not to get you in, in the balls, man. No, man, but, but listen. First of all, I'm, my legs like I, I'm more agile, more limber. When I take one step back, that's like eight kid steps. Also, a kindergartner, five year old, six year old range, right? That's kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Their head is about the size of a mini basketball. Yeah. So I can palm two kindergartners and clang them together like cymbals <laughs> in a marching band. So I'm just thinking of all the stuff, you know, when you, I mean, you talk about 
you take a cock back a leg and kick yeah. a, 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 a crowd of <laughs> that one kid flies back and knocks yeah. over seven of them. Man, I mean, I really think I could do damage to a squad of kindergartners. You walk into know, a pep man. rally, a pep rally of all kindergartners. I think I run through the whole pep rally. I think it's one good time. Take it to one good time, man. Right in, right in the balls. Yeah, that's gonna shut you down. It might. Nah, with adrenaline rushing and everything. No, nah, man, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm a shot to the nuts. I don't give a fuck how much adrelin you got I'm going on. I'm telling you. When I'm fighting that's for crazy. my life against a gang of, of kindergartners, no, nah, I think I can put in work. Twenty-five to thirty is. I agree. Yeah. Because that's. But I'm, I think that that's light work. I can roundhouse like at least five of them. And, man, I think know. I could put my get on one toe, like get on the pointed toe of one foot and, and just, just spin. Get a spin and I'm kicking kids all around the circle. We saw what Miss Trunchbull did to like a second grader. She grabbed that girl by her pigtails and. Slung around, she threw over a fence. <laughs> I'm talking about kindergartners. Man, yeah. I grabbed them by the Oshkosh uh, um, onesie. Crocs? Oh. The, no, the, the jumper. Oh, okay. And just gra- scoop a gra- grab, and I could probably fling one around my head like a mace. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm taught. That's why I say your number is like, your number? For sure. Yeah. I can run through 25 or 30 kindergartners. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Somersault kick. Yeah. Cartwheel kick. All kinds of shit. Just, just different shit. Yeah. Now, I would need to stick to a very specific strategy when I'm going up to like 60. 80, 100. But I think I could do 100. I think I could run through 100 kindergartners, yeah. man. That's realistic. Yeah, yeah I, I just think, I just, I don't think that that's cocky. I think that's realistic. I saw some dudes having a conversation about, do you think 100 men could beat one gorilla? No, no. weapons. No weapons. No. That's how I Absolutely feel about, not. but that's, I feel like I'm a silverback in a room full of kindergartners. That's how I feel. The same, like, unbelievable face you just made about yeah. the, the gorilla. That's ridiculous. A gorilla. 100 people. <laughs> no. 100 men. He would tear an arm off I, and then beat the rest of those. I think I, could, I think I could do that to kindergarten. A room full of kindergartners, and have, I have the same mentality. Whatever you say, I'm the gorilla in the scenario with the kindergartners. I, I agree. Guess, man. man, he bites into the man's arm and the whole arm. Come, yeah, a kindergartner? Yeah. I eat tough steak, man. I could bite through a kindergartner. I could break skin on a kindergartner if I really was in fear for my life. I'm a silverback they, in a room full they, of kindergartners. Would they give you good in the Achilles? Oh, come on. You know, that's my they, weak point. That's, down, my, that's my weak point. That's your Achilles. They, you wouldn't have the, they wouldn't have the prior knowledge to know that, though. That's Batman shit. I don't know, kids. You have to be a really intellectual kindergarten Sophie's to see Sophie's kicked me in, like, weird places where you go, like, what? Well, how would it's you just kick like, me? Five <laughs> that's okay. That's a fair point. Now, if they get me in the Achilles, I'm, you know I'm going down. Yeah. That's my weak spot. And then they got you on your knees, and then... Now they're stomping me out. Now you compromise. Yeah, all those light-up shoes stomping me out. That'd be crazy. No, I won't get stomped out by 100. That was 100 kids, two feet. 75 times two. About 150. I don't want to get stomped out by 150 kids. No. No, I don't want to. Did I do math right on that? So carried yeah, I think it's 150. Yeah. I don't want to get stomped out by 150 kids, Spider-Man light-ups and all the type of stuff going on. <laughs> but I think that if they don't find that weakness in me, I'm running through them something clean, something vicious, man. Yeah, um, Yeah, man, but it's good to have you back. Yes, sir. The people have been showing an uh, outpouring of love. And, and, yeah, and heck, I'll be with me up. Yeah, um, yeah well, I, I, so it wasn't my, I told yeah. them, I told them it wasn't my business to share. And it yeah, wasn't yeah. it wasn't upon you to divulge that to them when you yeah. came back. But I yeah, just want to let them know you were going through something. So they sent the love with no real understanding of what was going right. on. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but that's what happened. And, you know, uh, we're all here for Fran and, and he's going to get through this. And um, I think that I don't want to take advantage of you being back. So what I'm going to do is we're going to get to Patreon. Shall we? We're going to get back in the swing of that next episode. OK. Um, and if it's any, there's anything else you want to touch on? Um. Oh, I did want to speak on like my whole mom situation. Please. So my mom passed of uh is it you know, as as a kid I always thought it was I had my dad said it, I thought it was Alzheimer's. 
I, I once did think that as well. And I well. was like, as I got, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. No, it's, it's Alzheimer's. I think it's maybe German or something. Something. Yeah. But yeah, that's what my uh, mom has of Alzheimer's uh, dementia. So, um, you know, if anybody uh, had parents or right now that passed that or is going through that now, um, I would love to speak speak to those people just, yeah. you know, based on like experience and how they dealt with it. Um, but yeah, so that's how, that's, I just want to say that's how my mom passed. It was, it's, it was rough, like the last like eight or nine years, um, just seeing somebody just like, you know, dwindle away as the years go past and just not see them not, you know, being themselves. For sure. it's, just, it's super hard. So, um, I just want those people to, you know, reach out to those people and let people know if that is going through that, like it's, it's a rough, it's a rough thing and it's not. Um, it's okay to talk about it with people because I didn't talk about it with anybody. I held it in for, you know, uh, a lot of years just because yeah. um, I wasn't ready to accept it mm-hmm. and everything. So, yeah, man, just holding that in. Like I said, you know, when we talked about it, it felt good to talk to somebody else about it. Yeah, and got it off my chest. But I kept that buried in for years, and it took it did a lot of damage um, to me because, like, as growing up, that's all I was. That's all I know was know what to do was just to like. Suck it up, man. Just yeah. fucking suck it up and just got to keep going on. You no, for sure. Yeah, so. And that's, I commend you in this moment too, because I was going to, I was going to touch on that. Yeah. Is that. I've known you since I was 11 years old, Yeah, have met your mom. And I just kind of assumed your mom just lived in a different state and yeah, yeah. she didn't come down much. Yeah. I didn't know this until three weeks ago, Yeah, you know, that any of this was going on. So like the idea that how many times, I don't know how many times we've hung out. Yeah. I can't count how many times we've hung out in a decade yeah, yeah it's an I, it's an incountable number of times and laughing and all this stuff yeah and that you were dealing with this it, it really shocked me when you told me so um i i hope that you know that i'm here for you yeah and you can talk to me about whatever yeah it, can, it can't get much more than this yeah so i hope that you know i hate it it has to be this that hopefully made makes that clear to you yeah but anything you can talk to me about whatever man so you know i appreciate you coming on here and, and being this open in this moment as well so that, that's 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 powerful man because yeah that was real shit, man. Real yeah. shit happened, man. So um, it was tough. Uh, I mean, it still is tough. It's not just because I don't have. It's, it's, it was a lot of days where, like, it's been rough. It's just been a rough time. It's days where you go, like, man, this is this is bullshit. I don't have. My mom is not. Yeah. Everybody else, you know, mom is, you know, around. And right. mine is not. So that's one thing I had to deal with. And then now dealing with her not being here anymore, it's like it's it's like that times 10. Yeah. So it's, it's worse. But um, now I'm just trying to. I was telling stuff. I'm just trying to. Now I'm like looking up, you know, um, like associations with people with dementia and stuff like that. And yeah. like, I'm into like, I want to be like, I want to f- figure out how I can be involved in like for sure research and like donating. Like, cause I know just reading stuff and then knowing, being, being through it with my mom, the yeah. experience is like, it's rough, man. It's, it's tough. So now I I'm just, it. at this point now, I'm just trying to like, I want to be involved in like helping out other people and stuff like that so well you keep me informed yeah, man. man and i'm happy to make an, a donation on behalf of, of both of us from yeah. the podcast to any any organization that you find yeah um i remember when you called me you brought up my grandfather who is is still fighting this battle um he my dad just went and put like uh railings in his house mm-hmm. just so because he didn't want him to fall down the stairs yeah thankfully he still like remembers I haven't ex- had an experience where I went to go see him. He didn't know who I was. Yeah. But when I talked to my dad recently, he said that that happened to my sister, mm. and that made me feel really bad because I, 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 that, that would hurt me. Yeah. You know, and that, that hasn't happened to me yet. But it's like you brace, you brace for it. Right. You know, it is what it is. That's the road that he's on. But um, yeah, man. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fully interested in whatever you dig up yeah. and find. That I, I, I think that that's very noble, and I, and I think that that's really cool because that's 
people are affected by that. And yeah. there's so many ways other than like the diagnosis. I mean, the family right. aspect of it and everything yeah. like that, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of ways that it affects people. And so that probably is a lot of ways that they can be helped. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. But like I said, man, no, I really appreciate you sharing this with people and myself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, that's big, man. Um, yeah. So like I said, we're going to do the shout outs next week. We're going to get back into the swing of that next week. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get right into the fucked up shit. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome back. My affirmative murder this week is about the story of Joseph Paul Franklin. Mm. He was born James Clayton Vaughn Jr. was his, his birth name. It's a very noble name. Yeah. I wouldn't oh, change oh, his that. real name? I wouldn't have changed His that. birth name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He must have changed it for criminal for criminality purposes. <laughs> Absolutely. I thought he was just like, I'm not feeling James Clayton to Vaughn II. No, yeah, like, no, no. He has, it's, there are reasons why. I'm sure. So James Clayton Vaughn Jr., now he's Joseph Paul Franklin. Yes. Was born in Mobile, Alabama mm. on April 13th, 1950. The elder son of James Clayton Vaughn Sr. Yes. And Helen Rue Vaughn and brother to Carolyn, Marilyn, and Gordon. Okay. Oh, it, it was. It was. It was, it, it was giving something. something. Yeah, yeah, it was giving it, something. They're going through it. Yeah. Through it all. <laughs> so Vaughn's father was a World War II veteran and butcher who left the family when Vaughn was age eight. His sister Carolyn recalled. Whenever Vaughn Sr. came to visit, he'd beat us. Their mother had, uh, had Vaughn Sr. jailed twice for public drunkenness. Mm. Vaughn's mother was described by a family, a family friend as full-blooded German, a real strict, perfectionist lady. I never saw her beat any of her children, but they told me stories. Vaughn later stated that he was rarely given enough to eat and suffered severe physical abuse as a child and that his mother didn't care about him or his siblings. He claimed that these factors stunt his emotional development and said he had always been at least 10 years or more behind other, other people's in their maturity. Mm. As early as high school, Devon developed an, an interest in evangelical Christianity, then in Nazism. Okay. And <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's a crazy twofer. Right. And later held memberships in both the National Socialist White People's Party and Ku Klux Klan. Ku Klux Klan, yep. Actually, you know what? All that shit is steeped in like Christian symbolism and all that type of stuff. So never mind. It's not that crazy to be a, 
a, a, a, a evangelical Christian and a Nazi or a evangelical Christian and in the KKK because it's all, it's all God. God loves the white man. It's all it's all mixed. It's all mixed in the same pot. Yeah, it's all mixed in the same pot. It's gumbo. <laughs> Big old racist gumbo. Right, yep. So eventually, he eventually changed his name to Joseph Paul Franklin in honor of Paul Joseph Goebbels, who is oh a, wow yeah he was a he was a Nazi like a general or something he was like a, a German Nazi politician or something like that. yeah that's a crazy in, in <laughs> honor of that him yeah. and I'm gonna get to the other person uh he cha- he changed his name because of um you know Paul Joseph Paul Joseph Jobels and Ben and Benjamin Franklin. That's, That's a weird twofer again. This why, guy is a weird yin and yang type of situation that he likes. So I'm going to go there. Paul Franklin. <laughs> I'm going to go Joseph Paul. Joseph Paul for the Nazi. The, go out the Franklin at the end of it. Franklin for Ben. Yeah, Got to give it up for Ben one time. Ben, ben, the ben crazy part is, is that he's 100% German or whatever. His, his name is super German. Who? Uh, J- James, whatever his oh, name was yeah, before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes, nah, but it may be German, but I want it to be Nazi German. Yeah. So I'm going to name it after a straight up Nazi. So people know where I, where, where I stand. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it to be any kind of miscommunications. <laughs> Adolf was taken. They said you can't just be Adolf. No. Adolf was his man. Obviously. Oh, he loved him. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he probably felt like he couldn't live up Phil's shoes. He probably thought, you know, I have nowhere to put Adolf in my name, so I'm going to just I'm going to just leave it out for now. Yeah, that's, that's big. That's that's like that's big. That's like being LeBron James Jr. Yeah. He was like I'll I'll go a little step lower. Yeah. Yeah, that's too much. So in 19 in the 1960s Franklin was inspired to start a race war after reading Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. Man. So Mein Kampf was a a book that he wrote. Uh Mein Kampf means my struggle. Yes. And he said that I never felt that way about any other book that I read. He later reflected it was something weird about that book. And supposedly that book is like very popular. Like people still read it. Well, yeah, racist Nazis. <laughs> yeah, there's still a lot of this Nazis in the world. Yeah, you walk around, just you walk around like you know, people, black people walk around nah, with the Bible. Yeah, yeah, the people they walk around with. They my got Tom. like gold pages at the bottom. Oh, which yeah, I yeah. could never understood. I was like, why does <laughs> I don't understand why? Because it's blinged out. <laughs> why I, the bottom of pages are gold? <laughs> got to put some bling on your shit. But I tell you like this: you'll never catch somebody in the Starbucks up with right Mein Kampf up. They might have it in the Audible. I don't know if they. <laughs> don't know if you can get Mein Kampf off Audible, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't want to slander Audible like that. They might want to sponsor the pod someday, but. I don't think I don't. I'm gonna. That's not slandering them. I don't think you can download Mind Comp off of Audible. I would, so. I would hope so as well. But if that's the only way somebody would be out in public with digesting Mind Comp, if it was in their headphones, nobody would ever be like on the subway with the they book. Gotta, up. They got a disguise and like yeah, in another book, some brown brown paper around it. Yeah, or it's like a in a where a Where's Waldo is like. It's inside the Where's Waldo, so it's like yeah. being masked. They got like Dr. Seuss uh, cover. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the craziest <laughs> shit. The German man is the most underappreciated. Like, what the fuck are you? This book, what Dr. Seuss book is this? Crazy. <laughs> uh, in the early 1970s, he took a road trip to an American Nazi party conference in Virginia with David Duke um, and Don Black. David Duke. <laughs> you're not really even dig, digging deep into the clan if you're not talking about David Duke. No. The big D, that guy, solidified. It's like A one piece of shit racist. I feel like if you read the story to me and mentioned these names, I would go, I don't know who those people are. Uh-huh. But they sound like white supremacists. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> David Duke. That's just sounds That sounds racist. That sounds racist as shit. <laughs> I tell you what, I he, he never changed his name. And and it's Stephen Donald his name is Stephen Donald Black, was his other guy's name. Who was a white supremacist, um, and the founder and Webster of the anti Semitic, neo-Nazi, and white supremacist, Holocaust denial, homophobic, 
Islamophobic <laughs> and racist Stumford Internet Forum. Oh, that's that's too long. That that doesn't roll off the tongue at all. <laughs> no, that doesn't roll off the tongue at but all. I, I guarantee that he's like, yeah, I created that. Yeah, yeah, that's my thing. The ADS uh, J. Like people know <laughs> like yeah, he's yeah. the like Michael Jordan. Like people know who he is. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, Joseph David Black. He made the A uh, the J X Day uh, D W I. However, you make that into an acronym because <laughs> I'm sure that's how they do it. Probably. And I bet you if you write that down on some paper, it probably acronyms pretty well. Might yeah. be like uh, amazing. It's like, it's, it, or it might say it might say if <laughs> you word. Like, if, if you write it down on a piece of paper, it's like. humdiddly d. You're like, oh, this shit is this shit. It's it rings off the tongue nice. Yeah, it's like, but it, it like it like fits in whatever people say. You go and like people that don't know. Oh yeah, you, you like, wouldn't catch it. So yeah, we had a Sim Sim Salabim meeting yeah. the other day. You're like, what the fuck? What did he say? Yeah. Yes, yeah, the uh, anti-trans, anti-Islam, uh, black people suck. <laughs> Sim Sim Salabim. You just sneak it in. Anyway. Just, right, you just, you just, as you don't know, you go like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <clears throat> so for much of his life, Franklin was a drifter, roaming the East Coast, seeking chances to, clint, to cleanse the world oh. of people he considered inferior. Oh, no. Especially black people and Jewish people. Sure. His primary source of financial support appears to have been Bank robberies. Franklin uh, supplemented his income from criminal acts with paid blood bank donations. Oh. Which event- eventually led to his uh, subsequent capture by the FBI. So he was robbing banks and also ca- donating money, I mean, donating blood to bank, to yeah, blood banks to get, to get money. money. Yeah. Or what if he was just robbing, robbing blood, blood banks? banks? <laughs> They have money there, clearly. I mean, I didn't know that at all. I don't think they do that anymore. I don't think you can get money from a blood bank. So yeah, you might you, make, you mixed it up. It's like I was no, I was exclusively robbing blood banks. Yeah, <laughs> you got it all wrong. Yeah, no, I would never rob a bank. I'm a Christian. Yes, I was robbing blood banks. <laughs> so you can't you can't do that for money anymore. No, I think you just do that out of the kindness of your heart. Really? Yeah, I don't think people were. You don't think. You what about money. when you donate um bone marrow? Bone you can, marrow. Oh yeah. yeah, they pay you. Okay. I was when I was 19. I told you a story. Yeah. Me, Les, and JJ were going right. to go yeah. to Miami. That's but how you poor. Didn't do it. No, fuck no. When I went and they were like, yeah, so you come in here, the needle's about four inches Sticking long. Spine. Yeah, the base of your spine. And we pull the fucking mm. fluid out and you can go ahead and lay down for a little bit because you're going to be a little woozy. I was like, you can fuck off. I'm like, <laughs> no. And then also when, when you do the consultation, it's like, what the fuck? Are, why are we here? Yeah. You're like, you really realize when you go that deep, you're like, why are we doing this? Never mind. Yeah. But Les did it. That's crazy. No, I'm wrong. You get paid if you come, if you do like the test, like I think they got to test your blood mm-hmm. and they give you like a percentage of it. And he just never went and did the follow up. Percentage of what? Of the money. Oh. Like if they were going to give you a thousand, oh, okay. they give you 200 to, once you do the blood test. They give so you he like, did, what do you got? You don't remember what he got? Let's say he got 200 of the thousand. And then just was like, I'm not coming to the other thing. Why you, why you, you should just did that. Well, I, you didn't, I know? didn't know that. <laughs> he told us that when we got down there. He was like, yeah, I got a little 250 or whatever from doing <laughs> just the, just the first half of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Damn, I would have probably did that. Right. <laughs> so, uh, January 29th of nineteen seventy-seven, Franklin firebombed Beth Shalom, um, synagogue in Chatt- Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, probably Shalom because it's Jewish. Yes, Shalom. You're right. Yeah, yeah Beth Shalom uh, synagogue in Chattanooga, Tennessee, destroying it. Wow. Loss of life was prevented because some of the worshippers left early that Friday evening. As a result, there were not enough worshippers. For a uh, for a minion, which is a like a Jewish um, public prayer. Got it. Yeah. So that day, people so they like early. postponed it because there wasn't enough it people. Wasn't there. people but it was probably so. there was still some people in there though, huh? Um. Yeah, but nobody. Probably you know, like, nobody. Yeah, nobody lost their life. Oh, nobody. Right. Oh, nobody, nobody, nobody died. Oh, okay. Nobody died. Yep. 
So August 7, 1977, um, Franklin shot and killed a young interracial couple, Alfonso Manning Jr. and, and Tony, Sh- Tony Schwinn in a parking lot at East Town Mall in Madison, Wisconsin. They were interracial and gay? Or is that Tony with an eye? Tony with an eye. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Because I was like, he probably was super mad at that. I don't know. Um, so this was this wasn't you know he did this like multi, he did it a couple times That's targeting interracial interracial couples because and just not even couples and just people yeah. just like oh you talking to a black yeah how dare oh, you race, go to race traitor yeah you go he goes and you go it's so sad that I'm like I feel like it's still the same I thought the same thing. I'm like Alabama, Mobile Alabama they like hang people yeah in 2022 yeah it's sad that I feel that way I hope I'm wrong but I don't I don't, I don't think so maybe it's a little less. Maybe they dial it back a bit. It's just, it's, but it's still super racist, bit. but not as violent. I have no reasoning with it, so I don't care. Same these. You know? Mobile. I don't. What's what's there? Anybody know what's what's in Mobile, Alabama? Mm, probably like a church's chicken, and uh, I mean like, oh. know, like some like any type of historical monuments. Like uh, again, I told museum. you, I think that that Black History Museum is in Alabama somewhere. I don't know about Mobile, mm. but Mobile might be like the Las Vegas of Alabama. Mobile, it might be the hottest city there. Is it? I feel like it's just dirt. Like, is there's like a swinging. <laughs> Uh, metal bodies. sign. Oh yeah, like, what? bodies. No, no okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like a swinging metal sign, and it's just like. Oh, you think it's shit. like post-apocalyptic? Yeah. Like no, I think it's like people on horses, like a cowboy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, cowboy. yeah. That, no, yeah. <laughs> okay, I get, no, and and I've kind of the same. Yeah. I feel like I come down and I can have on my dopest shit, look fly. Yeah. And and look respectable. Somebody's like, "What are you doing here, boy?" Like, that would like really catch me off guard. Yeah. You know, and I'd really be like, I need to get on a plane and meet. I don't want to be here anymore. Cause I don't oh, know. You, I, oh, you talking to me? Yeah, just looking around and shit. Yeah, me? We st- what? 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 What, uh, what year is this? <laughs> are you on a mule? <laughs> gotta go. I gotta go. Man. I gotta get out of here. Gotta go. You guys are way <laughs> this behind. This is crazy. Didn't you just like? <laughs> <laughs> are your schools even integrated? What? Is, what? Is, what is, do, you, do you guys even have Wi-Fi here? You start really insulting them. That's how low I think of them. I really, I, I try to keep that to myself. But I'm oh, like, do you, can you even like play? Elden Ring in 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 Mobile, oh, Alabama. No. I just go. Didn't you just like <laughs> everything? Over, right. Didn't you just everything? <laughs> the water, <laughs> the water. Tank. Y'all still got blacks only water fountains here. That's crazy. I see it's one right there. <laughs> you got a whites only water fountain outside the Apple Store. Yeah. What kind of contradiction shit is that, man? That's a paradox. <laughs> supposed to be in the future. Steve Jobs would want to see that whites only water fountain outside the Apple Store. Right. Uh, so yeah, so he killed a, this uh, young interracial couple on October eighth, nineteen seventy seven, in suburban St. Louis, Missouri. Franklin hid in the bushes near Brith Shalom um, Synth Israel Synagogue and fired on a group attending services. That's the same one, or that's, that's like maybe like a common name for. I think it's Austin. a common name because this one's in St. Louis. Okay, the other one it. was in Tennessee. So he just goes right to, to the next town, finds the synagogue. And it's like, yeah, I'm man. hate crime in this place. Yeah, I'm going to sit outside. And he, and this one, he hid in the bushes and um, and just opened fire. Uh, when a group attending services in this incident, Franklin killed 42-year-old Gerald Gordon. Um, he also wounded Stephen Goldman and William Ash. Mm. Um, on March 6, 1978, Franklin, according to his later account, used a Ruger 44 caliber semi-automatic rifle to ambush Hustler publisher larry flint and his lawyer gene reeves oh, wow. in lawrenceville georgia now larry flint you know is the is the um larry flint i i, I was gonna say something that's now controversial because i've been learning about hugh hefner apparently i mean not apparently i guess it's understand he's a sexist he, t- he turns out he's a sexist dirtbag but at the time who hugh hefner 
What do you mean? Turns out he's a sex dirtbag. I know. I, I know <laughs> that. I know. I'm just saying. Like Hugh Hefner. What? Hugh Hefner has been very like accepted for being a guy who publicated like dirty magazines, but he had on a robe and a smoked a pipe, and all the girls seemed to be smiling in the pictures. Larry Flint was like the anti Hugh Hefner. Oh, got you. He was like, no, nah, I like them to show their buttholes, and you know, and he was like, I like it to be real dirty. Where Hugh Hefner might it might be like a, a classy spread, and then on the next page you learn how to make an espresso martini. I understand that he yes, you have to yeah, was yeah. sexist as well, but I'm just saying Larry Flint was like, oh, no, I level? like being a dirtbag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, yeah, I yeah, like, yeah. I want it to be dirty he, he and really degrading. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yep. Um, I didn't know he got shot by this guy, though. Him? Is that what put him in the wheelchair? Because he's in a wheelchair. It's like famously, that's. Hey, like, he's paralyzed. He's paralyzed, right? Yeah, yep. Um, uh, is he paralyzed? Is he the Because there's somebody else that was paralyzed in this story, too. Well, Larry Flint is paralyzed. I don't know if, I, I don't know if it's from this, but it would make sense if it, if it was from that. From I don't this. think, I think it was from another. It doesn't say this, but some else read another guy that he shot was is paralyzed. Okay, it, it, it comes up. Yeah, so Larry Flint and his lawyer, uh, Reed, um, Gene Reeves in Lawrenceville, Georgia, in his confession, Franklin said that this was retaliation for the for an addition uh, of Hustler displaying interracial sex. Oh wow! Neither Franklin nor anyone else was ever charged in that shooting. He was like, "Oh, I liked all your other stuff. That was betrayal." Yeah. Cause that guy, I tell you what, this guy, fucking uh, Franklin, yeah, loved himself some Hustler magazine, Absolutely. and then he picked up the May and edition and saw that, yeah, saw like a, a big old. That's not. Oh, that's not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he saw something he didn't like to see. He didn't like and it. He didn't like it. And jealous, like, and then was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. And, <laughs> and he's like, that dude Larry, he, he threw his fist at the sky. He went, Larry, and then lightning struck. He was like, it's over with. All right, man, I was just. Hey, we got to picture, man. Cool. Sorry. Yeah. I just want people to know where, you know. <laughs> I don't know what? <laughs> I want people to know. Know what? What do you want them to know? <laughs> what this dude, why I got mad. Got it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, got you. So July 29th of 1978, Franklin hid near a pizza hut in Chattanooga, Tennessee. What year is this? This is 1978. Pizza hut was banging out the... I don't know. Was it? I, apparently it's it was. A, it, yeah. It was found in 1958. Wow. Nobody out pizzas the hut, man. They've been doing it so long. I mean, I guess. I mean, I mean, it's I not great it's pizza, <laughs> it's like, it's but it's the most. It's the longest standing of the chains. Yeah, you know. I think it might have stand. I think it might have. You know, outdid it standing now. I think it's. Yeah, I don't know if I see you. If I see you and your family coming out of a pizza hut, I'm casting judgment for sure. <laughs> yeah, the pizza's trash. Yeah, they, got, they, got, trash. they got cool boxes though. You get oh, like boxes, great. Yeah. But you know, some of them used to have buffets. When you're feeling classy, you go to. You no, know, went to a buffet the other day. Pizza buffet? No, I went to uh, Golden Corral. <laughs> How was it? It was cool. Yeah, it, it was. was no. It was. It, go ahead. <laughs> what no, you guys want to say? No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Do your thing. I, I went, and I was like, okay, because my dad goes. Uh-huh. He was like, no, nah, we go to Golden Corral. You know him and I don't know whoever going to Golden Corral. You know we go on Senior Tuesdays, uh-huh. whatever day it is. Yeah, seniors, know, whatever. Right before Bridge Night. We right. So bridge. I was like, all right. I was like, I'm, I was like, Steph, let's go. So we went. Mm-hmm. Was the chocolate fountain Way, operating? No. Okay. Not operating. You get a glove. To do what? To when you, you got to get a glove, put on a glove. When you grab the, the spoon or whatever, you got to get to get oh, the food. Got to okay. have a glove on. Okay. It was packed. It's just like. It was, I wouldn't think that it would bounce back. It was so packed. Birthdays. I was like, what is this? Bro, nobody has. was. I've learned from this whole thing is like nobody was ever scared. I'm sure there were. But everybody was just waiting until they could do stuff again. Yeah. It didn't really change society. People had just been waiting for the government to go, okay, you can do stuff again. Because yeah. I would never go to a buffet again. I remember being a kid and being like, oh, that girl sneezed on the... You know, I remember seeing that stuff yeah. where somebody being like, 
I'm going to grab this with my hand. Yeah. Like all that stuff that they, even this glove rule, there's still people that don't put the glove on. don't put the glove on. Yeah. So it's like the idea that it was like, I can't wait until this mandate is over so I can go to Golden Corral. Yeah, man. I don't think I, I don't, it was, it was cool. Yeah. It it was was too packed. It was, it was reminiscent. Yeah. It was too packed and just birthed. I was like, somebody's having a birthday here. It was wild. (laughs) So I am, this is my last time ever being Imagine, listen, I, I, we already didn't trash the mobile Alabama, and I'm going to let you I'm get sorry. back to your story. Hey, I'm sorry. But, like, where are you in life <laughs> where you're, for your ninth birthday or 25th birthday, whatever, whatever, whatever or age, 58th, whatever is it, <laughs> any age. of them, any birthday, you go, I would love to rent out a section, not even the whole thing, because it's but you, you not there. rent it out, though. You just, you just, I would love to reserve a table. <laughs> I would love to reserve a table and then you guys come b- beforehand and put some balloons and stuff up at the table and we just oh, and, and we just enjoy each other's company at I'm a golden sorry. corral. It would be a great birthday. You bring like a little cake? It's like, it, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> is this? Can you have the lady that uh, takes the money at the register come out with the cake? It's like, because they don't have, wait- do they even have waiters there? <laughs> Who even brings the cake out? <laughs> and where do they bring it out from? Is it even the back of a golden corral? All the stuff is in the, in the golden corral. Where do they cut the food at Golden Corral? Is there a kitchen? I th- All the stuff is just out. <laughs> <laughs> where do you bring the cake? Where do you hide it? And then you bring it out as a surprise. <laughs> yeah, man. I was I was done. I was like, somebody's having a birthday here. This is, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> but think about the the, 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 the the think about like the difference in life where you're like, there's somebody's having a birthday here. That's crazy. And and then how happy the duality that that person was like, this is man. I've been waiting for these mandates to be lifted. I, I was like, I will not have my 21st birthday anywhere but at my favorite Golden Corral location. And here I am today. Man, let me go get me some tapioca pudding. Wow. <laughs> I saw that was a great to, day. That was, that was I saw somebody going to birthday balloons. Man, I, was, I was like, I am done. Wait, they weren't even helium balloons? Somebody blew. Oxygen balloons. That's the most going to crowd shit I ever heard of my they just are on the table and they even float. The balloons don't even float, they're just they on the table. Table to the end. <laughs> you got like white. <laughs> you just set it all up. That's crazy, man. I was. I did not know Go to Crow was open until my dad told me so. He's like, just, oh, and it's been open for yeah. years. Dad's like, I've been coming here. For, I go here every week. It was never closed. It was never. He was like, it's open again. It was never closed. I've been coming. Here. I've been coming here since March 2020. I've been coming here every week. Yeah, black people love to go to Corral. <laughs> they love go to Corral. The rolls are delicious. Like, <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> Pizza Hut. So Pizza Hut. Um. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Uh. Yeah. So he he stood out. He 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 hit near Pizza Hut in Tennessee. Shot and killed. Bryant Tatum, a black man with a 12-gauge shotgun. Oh, man. He also shot Tatum's white girlfriend, Nancy Hilton, who survived. Franklin later confessed and pleaded guilty, being given a life sentence as well as a sentence for an unrelated armed robbery in 1977. So he shot and killed uh, Mr. Bryant Tatum and and tried to kill kill his girlfriend, Nancy, because they were an interracial couple. Mm -hmm. Um, but luckily Nancy survived. Rest in peace, um, Mr. Bryant Tatum. Yeah, I mean, kill just because. Just who you loving? Just who you that's spending time wild, with and communicating man. with. It's crazy. So in July 12, nineteen seventy nine, Taco Bell manager Harold Harold McLever 
a black man was fatally shot through a window from 150, 150 yards away. Oh, da- oh, damn. This was in Georgia. Franklin confessed, but was not tried or sentenced for this crime. So he confessed years down yeah, in yeah. the interview and shit. Okay. Yeah, but they didn't try. They didn't They didn't. Probably uh, because it was like uh, he had so many at this point, probably, I would guess. But, like, he confessed. I don't know. Or they didn't know who did it. He shot him from a, a football well, you say field confessed. and a half. He confessed after, after, Got like, it, way okay. after this So nobody happened. was, it, he, it hit, the crime went unsolved for years. Yes. Franklin said that Harold, who was the manager, was in close contact with a white man, so he murdered him. Wow. You can't even talk to... No. Wow. You can't have no... No. He he doesn't play that. But that was a... That was a... That was a... He was a he was Yeah, a he sniped him. He sniped him from 150 yards away. That's nuts. May 29, 1980, Franklin, according to him, shot and seriously wounded civil rights activist um, and Urban League president Vernon Jordan after seeing him with a white a white woman in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Franklin initially denied any part of the crime and was acquitted, but later confessed. Wow. So he lied, beat it, and then and then later was like, yeah, yeah, y'all had me. I did, I, yeah. I did, I did it. it. Yep. You guys were right. So in June 8th, 1980, Franklin killed cousins Darrell Lane, 14, and Dante Evans Brown, who was 13, oh, wow. in Cincinnati, Ohio, waiting on an overpass to shoot a racially mixed couple. He shot the boys instead, a crime which he later confessed. He was convicted in 1998 and received two life sentences for these murders. Killing kids, man. So he was like, and I'm guessing now he has a sniper rifle because yeah, now he's like, and it's this unseen. Is, now he's like, he's waiting whoever passes that scope. Whoever uh, walks through that view. Got it. Is, that's well, not that's whoever. You know what I mean? Black? His targets. Yeah. Whoever's walking to yeah, he's, or he's Jewish. For, right, yep. But these last couple Or interracial. Then it's like, yeah, if you're white and you hang out with black people- then yeah, you too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. June 15th, Kids, though. Young teenagers, man. June 15th, 1980, Franklin shot and killed um, um, Arthur Smothers, who was 22, and Kathleen McCullough, who was 16, with a high-power rifle as the couple walked across Washington Street Bridge in Johnston, Pennsylvania. Smothers was black and, and McCullough was, was white. On the day of the murder, Franklin took a concealed position on a wooded hillside overlooking downtown Johnston and waiting for potential targets to enter his line of sight. He was never arrested for these murders, but he confessed to them during a jailhouse interview after he was apprehended. June 25th, 1980, Franklin used a 44, 44 Ruger pistol to kill two hitchhikers, Nancy um, Santamiro and Vicky Durian. I'm sorry, Vicky Durian at Pocahontas County, West Virginia. He confessed to the crime in 1997 to an Ohio assistant prosecuted in the course of an investigation in another case, he said he picked up the white woman and decided to kill them after one. Well, just, just what you thought happened. He picked them up. Yeah. And she was pro- what's it, What year was it? This was, uh, in the eighties, 1980. Well, she probably was like, man, I love magic Johnson. She probably <laughs> said something just, just egregious. Like my Michael Jackson. I love the King of pop. And he was like, Oh, you love them, do you? Yeah. I, th- I feel like it could have been anything like that could have set this guy off. So he picked up the white woman and decided to kill them after one said she had a black boyfriend. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Like the record stop and he goes, just turn red. Uh, but also, you know, she doesn't deserve to be killed or anything like that. No. I don't like people that like, um, you don't have to add that part. To what? 
my black boyfriend, my Asian girlfriend. My yeah. I don't like that. Just this person that you're dating. Yeah. I don't know how that comes up in 10 minutes into a ride. But you don't, shouldn't be killed for anything like that. That's messed up. But I don't like, don't, don't fetishize me. Mm-hmm. I don't like being fetishized. Um, you know what's shocking though as well? Cause you're not done, but like they made that dude, uh, the DC sniper, out to be, I mean, and it was. What he did was terrible. But I've never heard of this yeah, dude before. Me either. And this is crazy as shit. This is wild. This is, this is the same. He was the on same. a rampage. Just like killing white black people yeah. together. I've never heard of this dude before. And the last couple were all, I mean, they. he killed one Jewish person, it seems. I think just if maybe like one or two Jewish people. Yeah. One blew person, church, blew one person wasn't even white. He just had black interracial, interracial sex in one of his books or magazines or whatever. And he was like, oh, you got to yeah, go. Yeah. No, that's crazy. <laughs> uh. Yeah, uh, on August 20th, 1980, oh, I'm sorry, the ones with, he killed the girl that had a black boyfriend, Jacob Beard of Florida was convicted and imprisoned for this murder in 1993 on these charges. Yep. Wow. He was freed in 1999, and new trials was ordered based on Franklin's confession. And that dude... So a whole bunch of people could have been wrongfully convicted of his crimes over 20 years or whatever he's been doing this. Yeah, so that dude... Uh, and, that, and that happened Beard, in West... Mr. West, Beard. Yeah, Mr. Beard happened in, ever happened in West Virginia. In 78. He was in Zon... Right? That's what you said? 80. 80, 80, 80, 80. something. 90, this happened in 90... It was 80, right? In 1980. Uh, on the money. 1980 on the 1980 money. 1980 on the money. And he got out in 1998. And he was charged in 1993. Okay. So I'm guessing they so was 13 like years later they were like we're gonna close this. You, yep. We found out you were there that night or around the area. He was convicted in 1993. Reported day crown was 1980. Right. He was convicted in 1993. He was exonerated in 2000. So seven years he lost seven years of his life. Yeah. Wow. He got life without parole. That's what mm. he was charging. He ended up getting settling for two million dollars. Um, being wrong. I mean, I guess that's better than being locked up for 50 years. You know? Yeah, man. I mean, he that's he got lucky. Yeah. He got very lucky. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean. The, and I don't even and I don't even know if this dude was white or black or not. I don't I yeah. tried to look up. I can't even there's no image of this dude, Jacob Beard. Because mm. I was trying to see, was it a black dude they tried yeah. to charge? I just I just and nothing came up. I didn't see anything. And the craziest part is the only reason he got lucky is because somebody confessed. Yeah. Like if they never solved the crime because they pinned it on you and he, he confessed. Franklin confessed. Yeah, but I'm saying like in other cases where right. they don't ever find the person that actually did it, there is no luck. You just you gotta try to get your case overturned with evidence that you can find. You know, that's why he was lucky enough to get out in seven years because somebody came along and said, I know I did it. Maybe that dude was white. I don't think he would have did it if he was black. Mm. Oh, you're saying you don't know if he would have confessed if he was was helping. I don't think he would have known he was helping a black dude. He could. He could. What? News? You mean? True. If it got out and he like. Oh, so. But but, but what you're posing here is that like all the crimes that he did, he might have not confessed to some if a black person was found guilty of the crime. If he knew that. Well, the other ones that's, he confessed. That's extra. Dialogue. He conf- he conf- he confessed years later though. Sure. And it was like, uh, they may maybe they just didn't find anybody, but they found they they tried to charge somebody for this. Right. He probably knew it. Probably was on the news. Some people was like, let me help him out. Probably. If he's white, I don't. If, if I don't, I just don't think if that dude was black. He goes. Let me try to let me save this guy's life. They didn't know it was him until he said something. Yeah, true. That's a good point. <laughs> and that's he don't he he don't like black people. That's a good point, but that's dark. He was like, I don't, yeah, good. What's dark? That's yeah, dark? Yeah. That's darker dark, than where he's been. Dark if he goes, if that guy is white, and it's like, and then if you think like, well, if he was black, I, w- I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have confessed to that one. I would just let him sit in jail for the rest of his life. I don't know, man. But like, I mean, he, I say that's dark, but he also was like, murdered a bunch of people. Yes. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, what's dark pretty, about it's it? It's pretty like, light compared right, to everything exactly. else he's been doing. 
Uh, so on August 20th, you, may, you know they look out for I got like for my brother. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know whatever they do. I don't know. So August 20th, 1980, Franklin killed two black men, Ted Fields and David Martin, near Liberty Park, located in Salt Lake City, Utah. He was tried on federal on federal civil rights charges as well as state first degree murder charges. This dude was all over. And yeah, really? He was all over just traveling. St. Louis, and robbing, Tennessee. Robbing blood banks. Yes. Money and stuff shit like that and just yeah, just going after black people, man. And it's like and Jewish people, and Jewish. I'm sorry, and Jewish people, but just those. But it got it got really black. It got really black at at a point. It got really black. That's it. That was all black people. But like, you know, it's probably fucked up as why it is. What? I bet the heat was a lot higher when it's like a synagogue got shot up or firebombed. It's probably a lot more like public outcry than like a black person being found in a parking lot dead. Yes, possibly. Also, I was like, right? I, but but the thing is that some of these last couple, they didn't find anybody unless he confessed. confessed. Yeah, and it was like after he confessed, it was like, oh shit, was years later, but we already acquitted him on it. So I mean, like, what do we do now? Nothing. We can't do nothing. So following the two murders in Utah, Franklin returned to uh, to the Midwest U.S., traveling through Kentucky. He was detained and questioned regarding a firearm that he was transporting in his car. Franklin fled from the interrogation, but authorities recovered sufficient evidence from the vehicle to point sus- um, suspicion that potentially linked him to the sniper killings. His conspicuous racist tattoos. I was trying to look up these damn his tattoos. But I I'm stop. sure I could guess what they are, though. What? Like a Celtic cross, um, a swastika, uh, probably some kind of skull type of thing. Yeah. Uh, probably Gaelic words. Oh, and he's German, too, right? Yeah, some German shit for sure. But I still want to see it though. See if he's like he, if he was like creative at all. With no, these are fucking no. bad barbed wire level tattoos. <laughs> all a bunch of chicken scratch bullshit. Yeah, little fucking squiggly, uh, shaky hand swastika. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of bullshit. I don't think he had some fucking Cat Von D beautiful uh, racist shit on him. I don't know. I still want to see it though. I still want to see. It. I, it, yeah. They didn't show any of his tattoos. I like seeing ink. But coupled. Um, with his habit of visiting blood banks, led investigators to issue a nationwide alert to blood banks. In October 1980, the tattoos drew the attention of a Florida blood bank worker who contacted the FBI. Franklin was arrested in Lakeland on October 20th, 1990. So he still yeah, hit. He drives a lot. Still hitting the blood still banks. The and bank. somebody was like, oh, I know that. Guy. I know who you are. <laughs> Just saw his tattoos, swatched again, and was like, I know exactly where you are. all over the I'm news. Calling the police. Yeah. But in Florida, man, he gets around. He's going off, man. He might drive like I picture. He drive one of those, one of those, you know, the vans that a lot, of, a lot of black people have. Like they don't, they don't even make them anymore. Like these, those big vans. They got like a couch in them. Oh yeah, you know yeah, like thing? a conversion van. Type yeah, thing. one of them. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. I feel like he got one of those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you got to be able to, you know, when you because this guy's doing like stretches. He yeah. drives like sixteen hours straight. Yeah. He can do that and no problem. But sometimes you get to a threshold, you got to pull up to the side of the road, go hop in the back, yeah, hop in the back, go down, like, take a nap. So Franklin tried to escape during... That's probably when he saw the hustler. Mm, you know, I went yeah. to go have a nice little nightly time to himself. Yeah. And then he saw that. Yeah. And then was like, fuck this rest. Yeah, I'm up. I'm up now. Wide awake. Where the fuck is Larry Flint? Yep. So <laughs> so Franklin, that's fucked up. But it's like... That's what happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. Franklin tried to escape. But I mean, like, going to look for this... Going that's to look cra- for him. crazy as shit. Wow. Yeah, like, where the fuck he's not in either the, he's not in any of the pictures. And this is in the eighties, so it's like you can't like you can't, can't go Instagram yeah, and nah, look at stories the, yeah, the way you're like I know he likes to hang out in Nashville a lot. I'm just gonna I'm go just to gonna Nashville. Wait, I'm just go wait around. Just walk around. 
So Franklin tried to escape during the judgment of 1997 um, Missouri trial on charges of murdering Gerald Gordon. He was convicted of the murder charge. The psychiatrist Dorothy Lewis, who had interviewed him at length, testified for the defense that she believed that he was a paranoid schizophrenic mm. and unfit to stand trial. Lewis noted his delusional thinking and a child history of severe abuse. So that's what he was that's what he was leaning on. Was like, look, I'm this way because I was severely abused, abused as a child. Stuff. Has nothing to do with that. At all. But also, I don't deny at all that if you talk to this person for more than five minutes, you'd be like, oh, this person is crazy as fuck. Yeah. You know? Now, whether you call it delusions or not, but when they go, well, you know, the white man is the true king of the That's earth. when you lose me, though. You're like, yeah, you're you like, go. oh, this shit is crazy yeah. as hell. Yeah. I just, you know, I think if you even talk to a darkie, then I'm going to blow your face off. You're like, man, wow. Yeah. Okay. You're well, just crazy. Yeah. It's just, you're, you're crazy. I'm just trying to eat my pizza, man. I don't know yeah. why you came over to my booth. And he was, well, you know, you're a good God-fearing white man as well, so I thought you might share my beliefs. Yeah, like, man, I, but he changes, though. He does change his I'll, I'll get to that. Whoa. I'll get to that. <laughs> oh, let that. me shut the fuck up. Please get to that. that. Um, he changes. On October thir- 20 th- uh, 2013, Flint called for clemency for Franklin. Larry Flint. Yes. Clemency for Franklin asserting that a government that forbids killing among its citizens should not be in the business of killing people itself. That dude's crazy as shit. As he, Larry Flint was shot by this person. Yeah. And called... Oh, Larry Flint's racist as fuck. <laughs> I, now... I do. I, I I vaguely remember because Larry Flint, he has like a. They did a movie on it because he's a very like, um, um, infamous guy. Mm-hmm. And he went. I think he sued the Supreme Court for free speech because they wouldn't let him put out his dirty magazine. Mm. So he like he really is big on like a mem- He's one of those guys like he'll bring his gun into a Dunkin' Donuts and be like, "I'm allowed to have a gun in here." Statute forty seven. And the police show up and they and they let him. He's one of those type of people. Mm. I hate those videos. They make me so uncomfortable. Yeah. But he's one of those kind of guys. But also, See, that's why are you walking around with AK forty seven? Like, why? Because I can. But I mean, because I can. We get. I get that. Because I can. But like, for what? Because I can. That's, that's so. Stupid. That's because so I can. That's so stupid. That's, that's America. But the idea that he called for clemency uh, for the guy that shot him for that reasoning. Well, you got. Well, I said, no, I'm not. Now I'm talking about it. That is actually I kind of fuck with that a little bit now, because he's basically. I don't know if his stance is like I'm anti death penalty. So if you guys get to kill people then citizens should get to kill people too. Because that's, that's, that's almost like a, that's an anti-death penalty stance that uses psychology to show the hypocrisy of the whole thing. But I don't know if it was that deep for him. I don't think it was that yeah, deep. Yeah, I don't think it was that deep for him. I think he been, literally was like, if y'all get to kill people, we should get to kill people. So let them out. That's wild. I don't know. So, well, he doesn't like you, so. Yeah, he shot you. He tried to kill you. It's besides the point though. He should get to do it. That's again, I get, why do you have AK-47? Because I, I can't. I might be his boy, I don't know. Franklin was, be, it literally can't be his boy. Shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Franklin was held on death row at, at the Patussi Correctional Center. Patussi. Patussi Correctional, <laughs> Correctional Center near Mineral Point, Missouri. In August 2013, Missouri Supreme Court announced that Franklin would be executed on November 20th. Missouri Attorney General Chris Coster said in a statement that by settling execution dates, the state high court has taken an important step to see that justice is finally done for the victims and their families. So Franklin's execution execution was affected by the European Union export ban when the German drug manufacturer uh, Fresnes Kabai was obligated to refuse having their drugs used for lethal, lethal injection. So I'm guessing they a drug from 
Germany. They couldn't get it. They couldn't, or they wouldn't allow them to use it for that purpose of oh. lethal injection, for kill, killing somebody on death row. Wow. Uh, so in what res- a coincidence, because he's German. So in response, Missouri announced that it would use, for Franklin's execution, a new method of lethal injection, which used a single drug provided by an unnamed compounding pharmacy. This happened again recently in a case where a guy was, um, they thought he was, he was innocent. And they rushed it to kill him. Really? This all sounds familiar. Like, oh, we, we, they ran out of the drug. It was different, though. They like ran Oh, and they had to use something else? Yeah. And it didn't work? Something like that? No, it, it worked, but it was like controversial or something. I like, remember They, I they remember could that. have waited to get the drug that they yeah, used, but they that. like rushed it and used something that was like not proven. But they, the guy was like possibly innocent. Was it not proven or was it like the same drug, but it was just like a lower level wasn't like something as like that. strong or something like that? Something like that. Something, where, something that. where this is sparking that in my mind. Yeah, I, rem- I remember that. So a day before his execution, U.S. District Judge Nanette Lawfrey granted a stay of execution over concerns raised about the new method of execution. A second stay was granted that evening by U.S. District Judge Carol Jackson based on Franklin's claim that he was too mentally incompetent to be executed and appeals court quickly overturned both stays and the Supreme Court subsequently rejected his final appeal. An interview with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch newspaper published on November 17, 2013, Franklin said that he had renounced his racist views. He said that his motivation had been illogical and was partly a consequence of abuse of an abusive upbringing. He said that he had interacted with black people in the prison, adding, I saw that they were people just like us. Uh, he changed, man. Nah, you don't get to change after you kill that many people he and changed. do all that shit, man. That's the plot of American History X, though. He the movie I was telling you about, that's yeah. the plot of that movie. He's like racist as shit, and then he goes to jail, and he hangs out with uh, Guy Tory, the comedian. Mm. Not He's like playing a guy in the movie, but then Guy Tory's all funny and like, hey, man, you got to fold the towels like this. Yeah. And then he's like, you're funny. I like black people now. And then he gets out, and he's like, I don't want to be racist anymore. And then all the Nazis don't like him anymore, and they start like beefing with him and stuff. Yeah, man. Just say, you know, he, he went in there, talked to a couple black people, and was like, it was just skin color. So you know something? My bad. I had it all wrong. Yeah. You guys are great. Muhammad Ali. Started naming black people. Started naming all famous black people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Franklin was executed in at the Eastern Reception Diagnostic and Correctional Center in Bontier, Missouri. On November 20th, 2013, the execution began at 6.07 a.m. And he was pronounced dead at 6.17 a.m. His execution was the first lethal injection in Missouri by use of pentobarbital alone instead of a conventional three-drug—I'm sorry, three-drug cocktail. An Associated Press agency reported said that five grams of um, pentobarbital was administered. Three media witnesses said Franklin did not seem to show pain. He did not make any final written statement and did not speak a word in death chamber. In the death chamber. After the injection, he blinked a few times, breathed heavily a few times, swallowed hard. Uh, the witness said that the heaving of his chest slowed and finally stopped, they said. And that was that was the end of uh, Joseph Paul Franklin. And there were a couple movies and oh. uh, I think it might have been just books. A lot of books or films based on Mr. Joseph Paul Franklin. That last little sliver about him turning his life around probably is the reason that there were movies and books, and I'm sure they made a bigger deal out of that than 
it really probably deserved. But I, I'm, maybe he went to, he died peacefully, and you know he died at peace and really did change. I hope, I hope that he did that. Yeah, I mean it was. Um, but I there mean, was his, one his life that was, was very horrible. He yeah, did a lot of horrible was, things. Right. There was one that's called the Turner Diaries. It says dedicated the book to Joseph Paul Franklin, and said of Franklin that he saw his duty as a white man and did what a responsible son of his race must do. That's the that's the header for the yeah. movie. That sounds like a racist ass movie. It is. <laughs> that sounds like they're like they probably left out the part where he stopped hating black people in that movie. This was a 1978 novel by William Luther Pierce. Oh, that sad. That name sounds racist as shit. That book is probably super racist and not like a, a redemption story. They're like, no, he did. He was awesome. Yeah, it says it says um, it depicts a violent revolution in the United States, which leads to the overthrow of a federal government a nuclear war, and ultimately a race war, which leads to systematic extermination. Oh, they made him like a superhero. That's like a superhero version of it. I don't that's know. That's like an exaggerated. That's like if he would have succeeded. That's what that is. Oh, okay, if, shit. If he, if he had d- his plan at work. That book's probably crazy. Oh, that's a sick book. Wow. What's it called again? The Turner Diaries. Make sure I will not be. I'll make sure that's not on my, I don't know if Audible. I, mean, I, might, have to, I, might, be, I might have to check Audible. Turner Diaries. I might have to type that in and see if that comes up. If that pops up. If you I'm, got that in your I'm, queue. I'm, I'm done. Oh, that's a. I got a can. We can't be friends anymore no. if I see that in your queue. The Turner Diaries. The Good Turner Diaries. You know how sick the internet is. I want. I want to reveal this to you because the world is so crazy. The internet's so sick. Is that the reason when you said Patussi, I responded uh, Patussi? Yeah. It's because it's this thing happening on the internet where people give things. Uh, um, they personify things to have female parts. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, you know, they just add ussy to stuff. So when you said Patussi, I thought about a baked potato. And how it's like split, and then it's like that they would the kids on the internet would call it. They'd say, "Look at it's patussy." That's what they'd say. Mm. It's just sick. That's how much I've been infected by the internet. Yeah, what's that like? That's a TikTok or something. No, but that's just oh. what they would say when I heard patussy. I was like, they would say that would be some kind of joke about a baked potato, and how it splits open and that kind of stuff. What well, did it drop then? Because yeah, that's the sad that <laughs> that's sad. I should yeah. take a break from the internet. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be thinking stuff like that. My brain shouldn't go there. It's crazy. It's just a place. It's just a city or something. It's just a town. <laughs> yes. I, don't know why. I was like, I don't know. I was and thinking about like pota- baked potato. You just went right to that. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I can't tell you why. <laughs> TikTok, man. Yeah, so that's uh, Joseph Paul Franklin, man. Man, well, fuck that guy. I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I mean, uh, cool. He redeemed it. Whatever. He found peace. Sure. I don't know. It's bullshit. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, rest in peace to all those people who just were living their lives Absolutely, and trying to man. find love and be happy and. What a what a mood killer! This girl again, don't fetishize me, but this girl's just like, oh my god, you remind me so much of my black boyfriend. He was like, I'm gonna fucking murder you tonight. Yeah, like, that's crazy. They were just having a good time, and it just drove him off the edge. Like, yeah, some dude, some dude he meets at a pizza. It's like, yeah, my friend Darrell is great. Darrell, you hang out with black people. Yeah, you're dead he's, when we oh, leave this. Serious. After I finish this five for five pizza <laughs> box, I'm gonna that's kill serious. you in this parking lot. No amount of cheesy uh, cheesy crust could save you tonight. I don't care how much cheese is in the crust. You you die tonight for hanging out with black people. That's crazy. That's man. a crazy way to see the world, man. Yeah, fuck that guy. All right, well, um, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's uh, my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. Again, pardon my voice. I'm really sorry. But, you know, it's life. Blame friends, kid. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, and we are back. I'm going to do my best. And and put my best foot forward with the voice that I have, mm-hmm. and um, uh, frame my affirmative murder. This week is the story of Derek Leon Jackson. Uh, research uh, done by Captain Jess once again. Shout out to Captain Jess for coming through 
and uh, you know doing doing the legwork for us on this one. So uh, shout out to uh, Captain Jess, much appreciation to them, <clears throat> Fran. So Derek Leon Jackson was born on June thirteenth, nineteen sixty eight. His birth father died by suicide when he was still an infant. His mother, Rita, remarried when Jackson was just nine months old, and she had two more sons. His stepfather drank heavily, and Rita would take the kids out of the house when things would really escalate. You know, she'd take the kids and go go somewhere. Like after an argument or something like that? Or well, yeah, he'd start getting violent oh, okay. and stuff, so she'd take the kids and leave. Yeah. In his adult years, after earning his GED, Jackson lived in Missouri City, Texas, where he worked at the Luxford Hotel as a cook. On Saturday, September 10th in the year 1988, Forrest Henderson, a traveling opera singer, fresh back in Texas, literally for only hours, he, he just landed fresh back in Texas uh, from a tour in Scotland, and Alan Rotenberry, a divorced father who also studied and sang opera and was roommates with um, Henderson, mm-hmm. uh, they had attended a rehearsal together for the play Carmen at their opera company's downtown location. Um, also, every time I say Carmen, I have to give a shout out to Carmen, the hip opera. Uh, starring Beyonce Knowles and um, Makai Pfeiffer. Um, it's a great play. You know, people should check it out. Some of Beyonce's early work is fantastic. I think you can catch it on BET Plus probably. Um, great. You got BET Plus? Yeah. Everything has a plus now. No, everything. you have it? No, I don't have BET Plus. Oh, how about to That's why not. And that's kind of racism. I should support my people. But I don't. No, I don't have BET Plus. It just seems like it's like all Tyler Perry movies and stuff on it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's taking it he's over. Oh, he's, yeah, they gave him a bag. They must have given him like $100 billion. <laughs> it's like everything is Tyler Perry presents this on BT+. Yeah. My mom has it. Really? She wish she watched the show, bruh, or something like that? I it's don't know a, any of the shows. Sisters or something? I'm sure she does watch a lot of those types of shows. I'm, <laughs> I'll give her a call. And I'll get, you want to watch it? Do you have BT+. No, you just name the show. <laughs> That's oh, because we like- had discussed something, right? Where I, No, me and you were hanging out and we saw a trailer for something crazy. And the name of the show was Bruz. Like Bruz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh uh, yeah. It <laughs> was a good callback. I was, I, don't, I was like, you know some of the show. I was like, you know, we saw that trailer together. <laughs> we saw that trailer together and we were like, what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> that's one of the reasons I don't have it. Because everything I see is like, why the fuck? What is this? It's like, why is like sisters? It's yeah, like, it's like, why? no. Tyler Perry presents, mm-mm. <laughs> you better don't. I'm like, um, <laughs> I'm good. And that uh, makes me not want to watch it. No, for sure. <laughs> I'm good. Fine on that one. <laughs> Uh, so uh, after rehearsals, Alan went back to their apartment while Forrest went out drinking. While at a local bar, it is believed that Forrest may have met Derek Lee Jackson and invited him back to their apartment. David Trujillo and Roger Lindgroff lived in the apartment next door to Forrest and Alan and shared a wall with them. They said that prior to Alan moving in, they saw a lot of, quote, street trash in and coming in and out of the apartment, which is very harsh, it's a harsh thing to say. Um, and they heard a lot of fighting and shouting. Once Allen moved in, this seemed to stop, according to them. However, on Saturday, September 10th, 1988, music and voices were heard around 10.30 p.m. It wasn't too loud as David said he was able to sleep and he went to bed around 2 a.m. At around 4.45 a.m. on Sunday the 11th, David said he was woken up by Allen screaming, Oh my God, no, no! He also heard what sounded like someone being hit by a pipe or a bat, mm. which is if you can hear that through a wall, that is a, an incredibly loud thud. Yeah. Um, 30 minutes later, he heard the water running, and this stopped 45 minutes later. The water was running 45 minutes? Mm-hmm. So we can, you know, we can speculate on what that yeah. clean up. Yeah. Speculate on what that could have been. Roger went to go see what happened, but David stopped him before he could knock on the door. So he's like, you better mind your damn business. Whatever happened in there couldn't have been good, I think is the logic of the other roommate. 
They both they both reported that they didn't hear anyone exit the apartment, but noted that there was a second stairwell that didn't go past their apartment. Another neighbor reported being woken up by their dog around 5 a.m. and hearing fighting. So they're just kind of you know laying out the timeline. Around, around 4.35 o'clock, something happened in the apartment. On Monday, September 12th, Allen failed to show up at his job at a school. His principal called the apartment manager and asked them to do a welfare check. When the apartment manager got to the apartment and knocked, there was no answer, and so he let himself in. Nothing was out of place in the living room area or the kitchen. He entered a bedroom and saw a body covered in blood. He left the apartment and called 911. And again, it's all these really, because there's not, there's some, there's not answers to some things. So it's interesting, me, it's interesting for me to hear, like, the living room area was not a mess. So, but the bedrooms are where the murders took place. Yeah. So, again, I, everything, I, every theory I have is speculation because it's not, it's not fact, but it's really, it's interesting. So, anyway, uh, when the police arrived, they noted, they noted no signs of forced entry into the apartment, which is why they believe that while one of the gentlemen was out, they met uh, Derek Jackson and invited him back. Mm-hmm. So, he came, you know, as a guest. So, they noted no signs of forced entry. Both Allen and Forrest's bodies were found in their own bedrooms which were at the opposite ends of the apartment. Forrest was found nude and face down in his bed. Allen was found in swim trunks on the floor. The lack of blood in the common area suggested that neither man left their room after the attack and the amount of blood on every surface of their bedroom suggested that the attacks were brutal, Mm. but happened exclusively in each other's rooms. There was a metal bar in the hallway, which may have been a free weights bar, and a knife in the sink, both of the items were bloody. Mm. So he might have, the, the loud pipe that they may have heard may have been a free weights bar. And he also used You're taking what he was asleep or? That's what I'm, that's, that's some of the mystery to it. But yeah. I have some, there's some speculation and there's some theories and stuff and we'll get to it. So lividity had set in, which meant that the bodies had been dead for more than eight hours when they were found. Upon autopsy, it was discovered that Allen's carotid artery was severed and there were cuts to his vertebrae. Basically, so his throat was slit. Mm-hmm. He had also received three blows to the head that were consistent with a pipe and one of his teeth was knocked out from one of the blows from the pipe. So this was very violent and brutal in nature. Forrest's injuries were a shallow, non-fatal cut to the neck. So he went to try to cut this uh, Forrest's neck as well, but it didn't. It wasn't the reason that he died. It wasn't deep enough to kill him. So that was an injury. He had defensive wounds on both his arms. So he was awake. Mm -hmm. He had a a sick. Yeah, it was a fight. He had a, a six inch fracture of the skull from a blunt force from, from blunt force. So he got hit with something as well and multiple stab wounds to the torso. So this was more of a, this was more work that was done. Only forest body showed signs of decomp and the medical examiner could not pinpoint a time of death, but it was reasonable to assume that around the time of the yelling that was heard by the neighbors around 4:45 AM and both men were killed in close succession. The decomp could be explained because the struggle with the attacker and and uh, and this uh, fight could have increased the acid in his body prior to death, and then accelerated decomp. So, like getting all um, you know fired up like that might have, and then getting killed might have led to him decomp- decomposing faster. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, and I have no sign. I don't. I I just read that like a you know a parrot. So don't ask me how, because um, I don't know. Uh, Allen Allen showed no defensive wounds, so it was reasonable to assume that he was ambushed and did not have time to defend himself or he was asleep. Police concluded that Allen was killed first and Forrest second because Forrest had defensive wounds, but that is just speculation. 
He's the first one? Allen. He, Allen had defensive wounds. No, Allen didn't have defensive wounds, so they think he was killed first because his throat was just slit. Okay, that's okay. I figured. His okay. throat was slit and he yeah. was bashed about the head. Yeah. But either of those could have happened. I would imagine his throat was slit and then because he wasn't dying immediately, he then bashed him about the head with the pipe or whatever. Mm. And then, but that might not have been heard by uh, Forrest down the hall. I don't know, but they was fighting though. True. So he might have even come, but he also, Allen died in his room and Forrest died in his room. So it's not like they both died in Allen's room. So like he That's came, what I mean. That's what I mean. Like he had to. Heard it and woke up. You're saying? If, if, if he got the, if. Allen was first, right? Allen was first. If he'd have got the other dude first, Allen would have heard that scuffle. Yeah, but I'm saying either way, no matter how it goes, they both died in their own rooms. So I know let, what I mean. let's say Allen got killed first and he, he never knew it was coming. It's interesting that Forrest, if he did hear it, he didn't come out of his room, you know? Mm. So maybe he didn't even hear anything and he just heard when Derek came into his room and he woke up then. Yeah. But something made him defend himself in a way that Allen didn't. Evidence was collected from the scene, including blood samples and 20 fingerprints. However, there were no matches in the system and no suspects to compare them with. Fingerprints were, li were lifted from a beer can and a tumbler in Forrest's bedroom, but they didn't match Forrest or Allen. Forrest's car was used as a getaway car following a burglary at a mall a couple of days later. So his car was stolen from the apartment mm -hmm. and then used in a burglary a couple of days later. The car was seen doing 90 on the, on the freeway. Shit. Yeah. The car was seen doing 90 on the freeway and was pursued by police. The driver ended up crashing the car, which caught on fire. The driver managed to evade and crashing a car at 90 miles an hour and getting and surviving is is wild. But the driver managed to evade capture by running. He's being responsible. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, he managed to evade capture by running into a nearby apartment complex. One of the officers involved in the chase later saw the man riding tandem on a motorcycle but once again was unable to apprehend them. So the guy dipped off, I don't know, with his hands around somebody's waist or some, somebody's hands around his waist. There were two people on a motorcycle, and they escaped that way again, according to the police that was involved in the chase. Yeah. So he disappeared, popped back out, zinging on a bike, and lost them again on that. Mm. It's very Grand Theft Auto. I always thought about like running from the police, but I feel like I wouldn't know where to go. Foot. On foot? Oh, I would never run from the police on foot. I don't have stamina like that. I think like the first like five minutes I'll be straight, and then like it's then like I'm burning go, some cops. I go, oh shit. Yeah, I'm burning some cops. But when the car, sh it's like they're not gonna only chase you on foot. So then True. it's gonna escalate. True. Unless you live in Mobile, Alabama, they probably don't have police cars. No. Anyways, um, so <laughs> kind of like fucking horse. <laughs> Segways, <laughs> they oddly have new technology in that way. That's what they got the ones that you just stand on, yeah, <laughs> that all the kids got for Christmas a couple the years ago. Sit on yeah, sure. <laughs> they make the noise, woo, <laughs> pull over your <laughs> that's great. Shout out, to, shout out to Alabama, man. Um, no disrespect, shout out to um, Nick Saban, right? See the coach, Alabama, yes, I don't yeah, know. big football town, yeah, big football town, but shout out to, shout out to that. I don't know, I'm, I guess. I didn't really shout to that either. I don't care. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you guys like down there, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> do your thing. Uh, so Allen's funeral was held was held on September 14th of that year, and Jackson was convicted of armed robbery four years later. So he was never caught for the um, these murders of that on that night. What? But four years later, he was uh, convicted of an armed robbery in 1992. He had taken two women's purses at gunpoint and attempted to steal their car. He was offered a plea bargain, which he took, and was sentenced to 12 years in prison. While he was serving his sentence in Texas, uh, a forensic match was made. Okay. So they came to him and, and said that, you know, 
we think that you might match this. And he gave them his DNA as like, go ahead. I'm innocent. Because he didn't trust. He, he didn't know. It's early. He's early. You know, nobody knew what DNA was. Oh, really. I thought I thought he was like trying to play like the psychological game. Like, so they go like they don't really test oh, it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they be like, okay, well, since you'll give it to us, then yeah, then it's not you. That's interesting and dumb as shit. <laughs> like they would be like, okay, well, then we won't. Since you're willing to, we yeah. won't do it. So in 1995, the Houston PD upgraded their equipment and ran the bloody prints collected at the crime scene through their new mat through their new machine okay. and their updated database. In April of that year, the prints were matched to Jackson and a, blood spatter, and a blood spatter expert determined that the print on the door was made from a finger pad that touched wet blood spatter. It was not possible that the blood landed on an old fingerprint. This is really interesting that they can, they can figure that out. So basically what they were saying was, it's not like somebody had touched the doorknob a week before yeah. and then blood got on the doorknob that night. And so it wasn't like the blood got on the fingerprint. The blood and the fingerprint were mixed together okay. when they were tu- when they touched the doorknob. Mm-hmm. Right. They were not separate. Gotcha. And he's, they're saying it was in, it's impossible that, <clears throat> let's say his defense was, well, I was hanging out with him a week before. I was there, and I went into Alan's room. Mm-hmm. That's why my thumbprint is on the doorknob. But I wasn't there that night. And they're saying, no, no, you ha- if your fingerprint, if this is your fingerprint, time. your fingerprint was bloody when you touched mm-hmm. the doorknob. Mm-hmm. The blood didn't get on a dry right, fingerprint. <laughs> Don't ask me, man. I don't know. It's science. <laughs> so blood type blood typing was also completed. They found the blood on Forrest's bedroom door was type B, which is Jackson's blood type. It did not belong to Forrest or Allen because both of them were type A. The blood spatter and the type B blood suggested that the attacker was injured and bleeding during the attacks. Which that was makes his blood. Yes. Oh, okay. Which makes sense because. Mr. Forrest defended himself. He has defensive wounds, so there was a fight, and it's very possible he got scratched or something, or maybe nicked himself with his own knife while he was stabbing one of them, mm-hmm. and he was bleeding everywhere, and he was touching things, and so his blood got mixed in and was left at the same. Hey, man, you're going to slip up somewhere. Oh, of course. Yeah. Nobody commits a perfect crime. It really is interesting that like so many, there's so many things that when they didn't exist, people probably thought they were bomb-ass criminals, but really they just didn't have anything. Right. It was just some dude walking around with a magnifying glass looking for uh, shoe prints. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. You were at a point you were dealing with people that were like, this is just, I'm going with a hunch. Or like, I feel this in my bones. Yeah. As opposed to science, where they go, you yeah, know, we have you dead to rights. You were, yeah. There was some dude who was just like, I have a feeling. Yeah. Licking it and shit. Yeah. Like, it was Tasting like, it. Yeah. It was like, and there's like bullet casing and stuff. Like, hey, sweep those up. Like, they don't even like, <laughs> shit that today is deep. like crucial evidence. Like, They'd be like, ugh, yeah, clean this up. Yeah. Clean the scene up. There's blood <laughs> everywhere. Can we get a mop in here? Shit that's like, we, this is how you solve the crime now. Right. They got rid of all that shit immediately. Oh, man. I uh, slipped on a gun shell. Can you uh, get the cleaning department in here and clean this up? <laughs> all this evidence. Touching dude. everything. Yeah. Man, oh, look at this. Somebody was eating food. <laughs> Contaminating everything. Everything. Now, let me go ahead and think about something that happened to me when I was eight <laughs> and try to compare that to what's happening now. Yeah. What would I do when I was eight when I would get mad at my mom? I would go to the laundromat. He works at a laundromat. <laughs> Let's call it a day, folks. It was him. You're like, what? That's probably, but I'm saying there were probably people back then that were like, I'm a mastermind criminal. Yeah. Because like, there's nothing, I'm, there's nothing to catch me. I saw some of those stories we've done where they just like bounce around like yeah. different states. I'm Kevin now. You're like, what? Hop on a train, yeah, change like, your name. There's no birth certificates, <laughs> no IDs. Just like, my name's Malcolm. Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm new to town. I need a job. I'm yeah, new here. House. Love a job. No, there's no like, uh. Can we call your uh, last yeah. employer? Call. 
<laughs> on what? What is that? Called? What does that mean? Write a letter to them? Crazy. So DNA was also run, and Jackson's DNA profile was a match for that for that found on some towels in the bathroom. And according to a speci- some specialists, the odds of another black male having the same profile was one in five point eight million. Mm. A second DNA expert ran a different test and concluded that 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 there was a one in seven point two million chance that another black person would have the same profile as Jackson. But there is a chance. I mean, if you're his lawyer, then you got to say that. Yeah. You're like, your honor, how many people live in the United States? (laughs) More than 15 million. So it could be somebody else. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So uh, anyway, when the case went to trial, the DNA, because get this shit, this is where they fucked them. So when the case went to trial, the DNA testing community agreed that a combination of the, of the probabilities from both those tests was pract- was best practice, and the number jumped to one in one point six billion. Damn! So now it's like, no, nah, it was you. <laughs> now it's not even a shed of a. It already wasn't a shed of a doubt at one point one in five point eight million, but now a billion. No, nah, I'm not trying to hear nothing about nah. it. Was was it could have been yeah, somebody else you. or no? Nah. So on March twenty seventh, nineteen ninety seven, Jackson was charged with the murders of Forrest and Allen based on the blood, fingerprint, and DNA evidence. He was 28 years old. A grand jury handed down an indictment in late June of 1997. Jackson was found guilty on March 12, 1998. The punishment phase was set for the following Friday, and the prosecution was seeking the death penalty. During the penalty phase, his barber tutor spoke on his behalf at the murder trial and spoke positively of Jackson as a student and said that he was a model inmate. A clinical psychologist also testified and said that Jackson did well with structure in prison. Although she did concede that his criminal history suggested that he was very dangerous. In May of 2000, the Court of Criminal Appeals of Texas heard Jackson's appeal. The appeal was automatic due to the nature of the crime and the sentence. He appealed on eight points. I selected only a few of them. So Jackson argued that the presence of his fingerprints did not prove that he was the killer. And he said that he could have left them there. He he said that he could have left them on the beer can and on the tumbler at another time. Forensic experts said that the print on the door was made in wet blood, like I said. He also said that he could have re-entered the apartment after the killings and left the, the bloody fingerprint on the door and the blood on the towels. Experts said that the fingerprints proved that he was in the apartment directly before and after the murders. This point was overruled because it is reasonable to conclude that his blood, DNA, and fingerprints were all left there at the at the time of the murder. Yeah. So he was kind of doing like the OJ thing when he wrote that book, like if I did it. He's like, well, like I could have been there on a different night, as opposed to saying I never hung out with these people. I wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know these people. He goes, I mean, listen, I'm not saying I've never been in their apartment. I'm just saying I maybe. What if I wasn't there that night? What does the DNA say about? He's like he he still doesn't understand DNA. So he's like, what does the DNA guy? say about that what like if it, the person yeah like what is what does dna say about that what would he say to that conclusion what if i was there a month before does dna know anything about that yeah, brain, brain dna yeah, but, you know what you know what i deserve <laughs> I to talk to the person that's accusing me of this brain, i want i call dna to the stand They're like, sir it doesn't work <laughs> don't patronize me i want to talk to dna he, or he, or he, he thinks it's like D-E-A-N-A. Uh, <laughs> D- 
Who's Deanna? Who the fuck is Deanna? So yeah, so that so that was his, that was his first that was his first contention. All of which are they're all they're all idiot. Who's Dana? Yeah. Bring Dana in here. Yeah, bring Dana in here right now. Who the fuck is who the fuck is she to tell me where my fingerprints were and how they were in blood or whatever? So his uh, Jackson also argued that there wasn't sufficient evidence to prove that both men were killed in the in the same act. So Jackson was charged with capital murder, friend. Okay, because he killed two people during the same act. So if he could argue that they were killed in two separate acts, he would no longer qualify for capital for capital murder. Mm. So what he was saying was, what if, <laughs> what if the killer, who whoever that may be, what if he killed Forrest first and then left and then later came back and killed Allen? So it would be two separate crimes of murder as opposed to one act where two people were killed. What if, the, what does DNA say if the killer did that? This was also overruled That's because crazy. it was reasonable to conclude That's the acts of, of murders were, they happened in the same act. Like there was, it's like, you kill somebody and left and kill somebody. Like, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to yeah, go ahead and uh, Pizza Hut's running that five for five. I'm going to go ahead and get me a pizza slice. Come back. Come back. And now it's two murders, but separately. Like, you know how dumb you sound to be like, <laughs> so what if this person, this hypothetical did person, this. that's not me. Like, what? Because I was there before, but on a different night. Wouldn't that then be two separate murders, completely separate from each other, and not able to combine them for capital murder, hypothetically, Your Honor? And the, the judge was like, no. No. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you dumbass dad. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and why did that take you so long to say? You've been standing right. up here for 20 minutes, rambling on and on, <laughs> talking about five for fives and Pizza Hut. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jackson also argued that the judge should have declared a mistrial. The jury deliberated for five hours and sent out a note saying that they were a deadlock. They were told to keep deliberating and they continued for another two hours before stopping for the night. Took them that long? Well, yeah, well, because it's, um, it's, a, it's, a it's a death penalty. So you have to be unanimous. So, I mean, I mean why I think did it take so long? I think though? deadlocked is like split. But... Even if they weren't deadlocked, it has to be unanimous. But who is the who are the people that's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> it was the eighty Why? again, it was the nineties. DNA's new. They're probably like, I don't know who this Dana person is. It says Dana all over his paperwork, but I don't know who Dana is. And she, you know, who is she? Do we know her credentials? <laughs> what school does she go to? Everybody, nobody knew what DNA was. So like I said, they deliberated for hours and hours until the night was over, and then they stopped for the night. And Jackson's lawyer moved for a mistrial at this time, saying, like, it's taking them very long. Like, they're, this is a hung jury. Yeah. So that was denied. The jury retur returned in the morning and deliberated for four more hours before saying that they were locked in at 11 to 1 on a special issue. So there was something that they couldn't agree on. Come on. They were instructed to keep deliberating and were in agreement 28 minutes later. And I think that, for, for me, it goes, like, when it's been this long, it's just one person. After the four hours, you go back and just go, man, just fucking say, just, just say guilty, man. Can we go? After the first, I'd be like, what the fuck? Can I go home? I mean, once you get it to 11 to 1, it's like, now you have no friends in the room. It's like, man, listen, I'm trying to go home. We've been doing Right, you're trying to go home. The, the food sucks. They keep bringing us these Pizza Hut 5 for 5s. I don't want to eat Pizza Hut anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to eat Pizza anymore. Can you just change it to guilty, man, so we can go? So uh, so a death penalty conviction, uh, like I said, has to be unanimous. And they eventually, it was. It was. <laughs> People just start turning on you and shit. It's like, this. But I, you know, I, I, when I first met you, I said, I like your jacket. I don't. <laughs> I don't like your jacket. I think it's ugly. And it fits you very, very bad. And you're like, damn, all right. 
So in February of 2003, a court ordered that the forensic evidence used in used to convict Jackson be retested along with evidence from other cases after issues in the Houston police lab came to light. Mm. Now that is interesting and that's fucked up. It has nothing to do with this case, but the lawyer did use it to go. Then you should let him out. You should be a mistrial because the because something happened something up. at the lab. He tried. He tried. You you gotta try. Yeah. It's it's a. I tell you like this. It's one of those things where your ears perk up as a as a lawyer where you go shit. I might be able to. Yeah. I might be able to get him off on this one. Guilty or not, this is. I might be able to get him off on this one. But he didn't. So in July of 2010, Jackson filed for a stay of execution based on the state not disclosing exculpatory evidence and also claiming to have an IQ, which would classify him as having mental retardation. He was unable to prove uh, either of these things and was denied. So he was just trying. He, he was getting he was desperate. Before his death, Jackson was interviewed, interviewed by the Associated Press and said that he wasn't afraid of dying. He had come to accept it, but he was he, of course, wanted to live. He likened it to living with a terminal disease and knowing the end was coming. He continued to proclaim his innocence, saying that he was interrogated aggressively, and he also argued that it was impossible to prove where someone was 10 years ago and insisted that he was being framed. And again, I just, even in 2003, he just still really couldn't grasp DNA. Yeah. It's like, nope, no, but we can prove where you were 10 years ago because we can prove that you were there in that room when that murder happened. So, so we can, we can, we can literally prove that. Right. He's nah. Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't know. Dana ask Dana. Oh, is Dana psychic? What did I have for dinner last night? Dana He's like, sir, I'm not Dana. Yeah. I'm a detective and it's, it's not a person. Why are you like person- personifying? He didn't like that person. No. He didn't like Dana at all. He probably went the last, if his last words would have been like, man, fuck Dana. Like, that would have been the transcript, man. That would have been so that would have been like, legendary. Though. And like, and like the, but in the, in the, in the documentary, the, there would have been some voice that was like, and the entire room was stunned because nobody knew who Dana was. <laughs> it was like, I, but I know though. I he know. thinks that that's DNA. <laughs> Do you have any final words? Man, fuck Dana. He's like, Dana, is that his ex-girlfriend? Who's, who's Dana? <laughs> I know. That's crazy. Is. Everybody, everybody would know. The room was silent. Everybody would use this story if he said that. Oh, oh yeah, that would be legendary. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on July 10th, 2010, Jackson was executed by lethal injection. He was 42 years old. He declined to say any final words and was pronounced dead at 6.20 p.m. His stepfather and his two half-brothers attended the execution, as well as Carl, who was Alan's father. Mm. Uh, he said that he was in another witness room, and he said that he felt personally obligated to attend. This is in 2010? 2010, yeah. Damn. So according to one according to one source, his last meal was fried chicken. Okay. Two legs, Golden two th- fried chicken. Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, two legs and two thighs, which thigh meat is underrated on the chicken. Um, barbecue ribs, French fries, German chocolate cake, two bananas, ice water, and ketchup and barbecue sauce for dipping. Um, I, I kind of yeah, I was gonna say I'll judge him on his libation choices. I probably would have picked you pick something, some fun, and some simply made, simply simply something. It's ice water, Tropicana, something. You just, let me get let me get an ice water, you know, in some kind of yeah. in a mason jar. Let me get that. I mean, you know, it hits different in the mason jar. Let me get an ice cold uh, water, ice water with hmm. ribs and chicken and stuff and French fries. Uh, that that's that's like animalistic. Like yeah, like it's like you only you only drink to wash stuff down. Yeah. You don't yeah. you don't enjoy you beverages. You don't like flake and strawberry lemonade or something. Like no, I just need this to wash <laughs> down the fries. I only use this to get my palate refreshed. I don't. That's different. Ice water. That's different, ice water. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. Give me half a half of some of it. Yeah, something. It's the last ice a milkshake. <laughs> something milkshake. 
Uh, it's going out, <laughs> going out on top, baby. I can't eat a milkshake with no food. Can't wash that with no food. But why? Why? Yeah. Just don't. It don't. Don't taste right. Okay, I was gonna. I thought you were gonna, gonna say do something to your stomach. No, I was like, any of those reasons. I'm like, milkshake is a dessert. For like, yeah, I don't you got German chocolate cake. You got German chocolate cake. Okay, you eat it with that. You can pick. You can eat it whenever you want to. It's oh, your last meal. That, you can save it. Put the milkshake to the side with the German. But have the milkshake can get warm. You gotta have that immediately. That's why I would be having it with the food. But then you can't have your drink. Can't have your beverage. Man, you could get ice water out of the. They got ice water in the cell. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and then the ice. That's you know what? You don't have ice. You can get room temperature water. He uh, really wants that's ice water. That's worse. No, for yeah. sure. Ice water is ice it's, water. Ice water hits. But yeah, I mean, that's my last options, meal. Though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you can literally get whatever you want. I think they were making simply orange juice at this point. 2010? Could have got them. They had, they had a nice choice. Could have had some crystal light or something. Crystal yeah, oh, then you can have whatever you choose. Yeah. Let me get a big, I want a Gatorade bucket of <laughs> ice water and every flavor Clay of crystal light, crystal light packets th- yeah. that exists. Then you can have a smorgasbord of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> you can do you can do a, a flights you can do flights of drinks all kind of try and do different level different types mm-hmm. peach strawberry all the crystal lights but he wasn't he was thinking limited he had limited thinking he didn't even know what DNA was can't be thinking what crystal lights is <laughs> <laughs> um so yes no so uh, that was the story of Derek Leon Jackson uh, rest in peace to his uh, two victims That's and crazy. Um, yeah man I was I just thought that was an interesting story and the things that were all speculation is like there was there was no semen found at the scene so. It's like did they they met out drinking and, and he just and uh, Forrest just really liked Derek's vibe and yeah. invited him back to hang out as bros and then they fell asleep or went to bed and then he r- woke up and killed them both or like maybe he just had protected sex with them you know what I mean like just because they didn't find semen I thought that was interesting but because there was blood everywhere you know I don't know but if they did happen I don't know if they did a rape kit on them like I don't know how often like I think I'm I'm, I'm I'm interested in that like how often a rape kit is performed on a male victim like if you show up somewhere mm. like would they swab them to see if they were anally penetrated you know like uh, you know because they Good did question. check for semen but did they check to see if, if they had sex that night yeah you know I don't know if they did because I didn't see that in there so it's like just because you didn't find semen doesn't mean that wasn't his end was a hookup because he came back you think to from the jump he was that was, that was his plan all along i don't know because the living room wasn't messed up so it didn't seem like a robbery he did steal True. their car he stole Forrest's car so if the idea was always to steal his car it still seems weird to kill both of them because he probably it seems like they were asleep at some point he probably could have just took his keys and left, left right. yeah. so it's it, that was was interesting to me it was like why did he kill them? Why did he end up back at their apartment? How was Alan asleep? It had and to then, be planned. It had to be like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Alan being asleep, but then um, Mr. Forrest defending himself. It's like, what is, who, you know, did he, did Alan go to sleep to leave them alone? Did he go like, yeah, you're there. They're on a date. Like, I'm, I don't know the, dy- the dynamic. It's just a very interesting dynamic yeah. and everything speculation. Yeah, he snapped for sure. Yeah, man. Um, very interesting though. But yeah, that was, that was the story of De- Derek Leon Jackson. And uh, rest in peace to those guys. They were opera singers, you know, they were doing Carmen. Mm-hmm. Fucking life cut short for it because some dude just, like you said, snapped, did some maniac shit. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the good vibes. That's right, folks. It's time for a good vibes segment. It's been a while, man. It feels like it's been an eternity. Uh, got my brother back in the studio. Oh, God. Oh, oh. 
Got my brother back in the studio. Feels good to be able to talk about some good vibe stuff. And my good vibe story this week, friend, is uh, very different. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine recently um, because uh, they're an older sibling, and I was kind of asking, like, what is that? What does that mean? Like, because you know, I have a um, weird relationship with my siblings. So I was like, what does it mean to be that? I don't really understand what that is, right? And then uh, this past week, I was driving to your mom's funeral, mm-hmm. and it was snowing crazy. Yeah. And I woke up that morning, and I was like, "Damn, it's fucking crazy out here." Yeah. But it, I got in my car and I drove, and I'm driving, I'm passing exits, and it's, the road is fucking scary. I'm yeah, like, Those, this shit is terrifying. fucking scary. But it was like at no point, well, it was no question that I was going to show up to that funeral. Yeah. And in that moment, in that drive, I was like, "Cause this is my brother." Yeah. And 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 I had that epiphany for it. And that's and and in that moment, I realized like that's what a sibling is. Like that's it's no question. It's no. Oh, it's, this isn't convenient. Yeah. I, or I don't really feel like it. So I was yeah. like, no, no. If they, they need you, you gotta, you gotta be there, and that's what you gotta do. And so I had that epiphany on the way to that. And so that's my good vibe story. I was like, you yeah, know, you know, uh, you've been my, you've been my, my road dog since we were eleven, yes, sir. And um, you went through a tough time, and and it was no question that I was gonna, gonna, gonna be there for you in that yeah. situation. And it wasn't a question of like, well, I should or like he would appreciate it if yeah. it was like, no, no, no. I can't call this person my brother. If I'm not here for this, yeah. it's just, it's, I can't even say, I just got to call you my friend. I can't even call you my brother anymore yeah. if I'm not there for this. And in that realization, I understood what it is to be a sibling to somebody, even yeah. though I have such a, a, a shaky situation with my own blood relatives. So, you know, blood, uh, blood is a thing, but you know, blood is not what makes somebody family. And yeah, I, um, in, in this rough situation, I had the pleasure of having that epiphany and it was really nice. So I want yeah. to share that with you. Yeah, man. Um, it was like I, when I texted you, I said, you know, I appreciate you coming out because um, like the, the weather was it was a shitty day. It was crazy. It was a shitty day. And that's one of the reasons I like it made me upset because it was the w- whole week was sunny. Yeah, it was, we- it was Saturday. It was, it was my crazy. mom's funeral. It's it's a fucking blizzard. I'm like out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And it was like 70, uh, it was 70 degrees the day before. Yeah. yeah. And then um, everybody in that room at the funeral was are the most important people in my life. And I would do anything for those people. Everybody that was in that round do anything for those people. And it was like, I talked to uh, Steph's parents, you know, the, her whole family came They out. drove. That, that was, that was big. That yeah, was they all came out. And it was like, I talked to them and I was like, you know, they was like, just because how I, I was feeling after. Because like, we had the funeral and we went to, we chilled at my, my aunt's house. And then I got home and that's when it all started coming back again. Right. So, um, once I got home, um... The next day, I talked to Steph's family, and they was just telling me, you know, um, you know, it'll get it'll get better and stuff like that. And I was like, he was talking about the weather, and I was like, I don't want to. I'm not. It sucked that a lot of people couldn't be there, but I was like, I don't want to give those people that didn't show up an excuse for sure because it snowed. Yeah. So um, I did feel some way about that, but you know, whatever. Like, but all, all people that was in that room is the most important people in my life. And my well, my dad well, my dad was there. My dad was sitting right next to me. When you walked in, the first thing he said was, "That's a real friend. That's a real friend." I appreciate because that. it was a fucking blizzard outside. It and was crazy. I was scared to fucking drive. It was crazy. The cars looked it was like crazy. they had like a dragon come on them. It was they was like in ditches, and the snow had like the snow was like slushy snow. Yeah. So it was covering the snow, but dripping covering yeah. the cars, but dripping down it. It was insane. I was just it, looking. I was like, insane. "All right, man, we'll keep doing twenty five. You'll get yeah, there man. eventually." It, man. it was insane, and then um. My brother, my other, my real brother showed up. He was there. You my real brother, but yeah. you know what I mean. No, no, I get you. Um, he was there. And he went a day before. He got a hotel. He stayed there a day before. Smart. 
So he believed. He he knew it was going to. He's like, yeah. I'm I'm going down to yeah. Friday. I'm, I'm going down tonight, and I'm not driving in that. Yeah. How hard is you know it? It's no effort for to make a decision like that. For, especially for family. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, especially for family. That's, you could anybody could yeah, have yeah, did that. Sure, so sure, it was like, sure. it was I I went through a lot of stuff that day for sure because I just it was just I was sad. I was yeah. happy because I the people that most important people that I love in my life were there at my time of at my lowest. So I was like, and I was also mad because some people didn't show up that should have been there. Yeah, but for sure, um, I can't let that bring me down. I'm not gonna you know. Ruin that It was a bad day but I don't want to ruin that day Because It was a day for my mom man. Absolutely It was a going home Type of thing And it, so. and, I, and, I, and and for And for what it was Even though I I accept that you go Because I I agree Yeah If it's family Gotta make a way to get there Yeah But for what it was For what it turned out It was beautiful Yeah For it to be like a A blizzard snowing outside yeah. And your dad said some beautiful words And yeah. your aunt said some beautiful words and, Yeah And you know People showed up And, and your mom looked great and Yeah man You know It was It was it was it, it for for the scenario. Yeah, it turned out. It turned out. It turned out good. Yeah. So, like I said, the people that were there, the most people in my life, and and that and that's really all that mattered for me that day. But um, yeah, man. Again, you know, I I, I always tell you, time I love you, my brother, and I'm glad you came out. And my dad was like, it's first the first thing he did when you popped up. So I, that was that was a pretty it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, my guy, my guy, Mr. Raj, man. Yeah, man. Um. It's my turn to go. Yes, that was my, that was my good vibes. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that was, that was awesome, man. Um, so my good vibe is, you know, we all know what's going on in the world. And I don't think we've have we. I think we talked about as far that. as Russia. Yeah, yeah, we. It was early. Though. It was early. It was early. But yeah, um, this one, this good vibe is about a um, mothers help, helping refuge, refuge mothers. So it's like an an image recently shared around social media of empty strollers. When a Polish rail border crossing has inspired a mountain of donations of Ukraine, Ukrainian refuge. Is it refuge or refugees? Refugees. Refugees. Yeah. Now that um, missile station, women, children, and infants fleeing the war are being greeted by mountains of clothes, stuffed animals, strollers, diapers, and more after after they step off the train. So again, I know you buried the people are trying to escape in the train situation is crazy and other people are trying to help these people out like food or whatever when they get off this plane so i mean off the train so abc reports that num that the number of spare carriers and strollers from polish mothers have been particularly inspiring with many donators leaving handwritten notes behind and words of support now seems like most of the nation doesn't agree with what Mr. Uh, Putin, Putin, Putin is doing, mm-hmm. but I'm glad we. I'm glad, like, I feel like this, the nation, it's bringing people, people together, is, is bringing us together, being like, <laughs> what this person doing is wrong. Yeah, we need to. Interview but the thing is, help. they they punish him economically. I guess is yeah a good way to go. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't really get that that yeah. deep type of stuff. But yeah, I was surprised. I'm surprised that the noise that it is making. But yeah. I talked to somebody when I was talking to somebody about it. They were like, Yeah, man. I mean. Rich people are who put people in power and who make elections go and stuff. And when you start fucking with people's money, phone calls get made. Mm-hmm. So as much as it sounds dumb where they go, oh, yeah, this high level politician, we they seized his boat or something or he can't access his millions of dollars. It's like well, he made a phone call because of that. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, we don't care. It's like, no, I mean, somebody got called because of that. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. I have my thoughts on like the, the machine of war and, you know. 
how war can be profitable and so there's reasons to not intervene for a country like America but I don't know I'll keep it to myself yeah our prayers to everybody involved I don't like seeing people get bombed and stuff but um you know this country has a history so yeah but my good vibe is that people are helping people, the people the people not the government helping. entities the people yeah, people are helping people that's in serious need and yes people in helping people dying and fucking seeing videos of missiles and shit that's Yes. Wow. People helping people. Crazy. People helping people is always beautiful. Yeah, man. That's always beautiful. Um, yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, I do have a recommendation for you. Obviously, been um, very busy, but so this is to the people. But I think you should check it out when you, if you get a chance. That's a new docu series on Netflix called Bad Vegan. I saw it pop up somewhere. It is. It starts off a little slow. Even the first episode's very interesting, but. The story of this woman and her restaurant and this guy comes into her life and starts spinning this wheat, this web of f- crazy stories that she buys into. When you get to that part of this documentary, which once it gets to that point, it's like the whole docuseries is four parts. It's absolutely insane. And it, it baffles me what people are capable of, be- of believing. Like it's it, I put it on the same level as Abducted in Plain Sight. You remember yeah. Abducted in Plain Sight, right? Yeah. It's hard to forget if you saw it. But it's... The li- the lies and the fantastical things that are happening in Bad Vegan are on the same level as um, Abducted in Plain Sight, where it's just like everything that you hear is like, what? They believe that? <laughs> it's just everything's crazy. And so I highly recommend Bad Vegan. It is a true crime story in a sense, um, but it's more just like crime. Yeah. But um, it's very it's just a very interesting documentary, and it's a four parts, like an hour a piece, and it's 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 a it's an interesting watch for sure. So I recommend yeah. that to people in general. But to you, um, the last episode of uh, Single Drunk Female uh, aired. And again, um, the young lady in that show, I just am like obsessed with her. She's, she's gorgeous and she's funny and everything. But but it's a great show as well. So Single Drunk Female, I think her name is something uh, Dahlia Black, like Re- Rebecca Dahlia Black or something like that. She's really talented. Um, and she's cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know. Got anything? Um, morbid. i Great podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Ashley yeah. and Elena. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, you know, what we'd like to do here at Affirmative Murder is we really like to help the underdogs. And really, <laughs> let's, let's give them a plug. Yeah. And I hope that they, that helps them, you know, come up because I think they can need it. I think they have a lot of potential. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 They're doing all right. <laughs> um, uh, yes. I've been listening to that. Morbid, uh, like you said, shout out to them. Uh, I listened to a podcast about, it's called um, Things You Missed in History or something like that. Oh, interesting. And I heard they did a story on, uh, I was thinking about doing it. I still might do it at some point. It's a, it's a, a murder story. It's called the Monte Carlo murders or something like that. Monte oh. Carlo, Monte, Monte Carlo trunk murders or something like that. Oh, interesting. And, um, it was about these women and this guy who was a famous like tennis player. And like, they killed the woman, put it in the trunk, chopped oh. her up, put it in the trunk and tried to, <laughs> tried to leave. And like, they tried to ship it with them, but it, oh, shit. they end up. It was like, this is it's a red substance oozing from out of this thing. They tried to lie and say it was meat. It was crazy. It was oh, a, let, you could check that one out. Um, I think. Oh, I wanted to start listening to the uh, the Mar Arbery. Um, there's a podcast about that. There's a uh, episode. I don't know if it's a podcast, but it's, there's an episode. Hold on, let me pull it up for you. I got in my save my save things. I haven't gotten around to it. It's called the Buried Truth. Oh. Um. It's called the Modern Arborist. I guess it's the first episode. I haven't gotten to it, but I definitely want to listen to that. I have to add that to the list. Yeah. Oh. And, um, yeah. Oh. You know what I saw too? What? You remember the episode? Not the episode, but the podcast that 
Doctor Doctor Death? No, Doctor. We met her at CrimeCon. Doctor. Oh, Laura Petler. Laura Petler. Uh huh. That part. Did you, did you ever listen to that? That. Uh, the the, the, the happy, murder room. The murder no. room. Life after happy face. No, I didn't. I didn't. I've been meaning to. I saw it pop up and I forgot. That's not Doctor Laura it. Petler. That's her. That's the that lady's the I daughter. Was, that's oh they did do it that together. Is her. They did they did it together. It's my the bad. Daughter and her. The, yeah yeah my bad. Yeah, sorry yeah. yeah sorry. Forgot about it, but I, it popped up on like. I was looking through something. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Uh-huh. So I got to save it. I'm going to start listening to that party tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. That whole story. That whole story. Yeah, no, yeah. I remember her telling us about that. And that's her dad and everything. That was yeah. insane. Uh, also, the dropout, the um, podcast about Elizabeth Holmes, the podcast about Elizabeth Holmes that was turned into a show on Hulu. The show is crazy. Shout out to Amanda Seyfried. She's doing a great job playing Elizabeth Holmes. So check that out if you aren't. And Atlanta comes back this week, I think. Yep. So for anybody 25th, who- I think. Yeah, the twenty fourth or the twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, third season. Donald Glover is. I'm. I'm very in awe of him. He's. He's a big influence. And Snowfall. If it ain't back yet. Snowfall's already on. It's already on. Yeah, Snowfall's okay. already on. It's like on episode four or five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Atlanta. It's. Um, it's so good, man. It's so good and weird and just exists in its own world and it like lets you into the world. Like, yeah. I love some of the stuff that they do. Like, there'll be episodes where they'll they'll mention somebody's name that's a, a, a aunt of somebody or something, and you'll ne- we're never going to meet that person. Yeah. Because it just exists in the world and you get to see this. So there's a whole world happening, but you only get to see what they choose to show you. But they'll let you get little glimpses and stuff. Like they'll just mention a, a store or tell a story like, man, remember that time this happened? And they'll never flash back to it or anything. I just, it's just as a brilliant I love show. That show. As far as like, if I had like a list of like the most talented people I like. Donald Glover. Top of the list. Not even close. Yeah. He's at the top of the list. <laughs> Multifaceted. I mean, I he is that. nothing he can't do, um, and yeah, um, uh, he's a big influence. I think in the second season, uh, did you see the episode uh, when like um, play, uh, Doughboy? What's his name? Paperboy. Paperboy. Doughboy. <laughs> Paperboy was like he's with his barber the whole day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey man, you want some Zaxby's? He took him to get some leftovers and stuff. It was that just such. Was a, it was. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was hilarious. and like it was brilliant and it was brilliant and it was so black like. You, we, you know how much a haircut means yeah. And that's why he kept He stuck it in that long yeah. He stuck it out that long He got in hitting a run He's like man I need my lineup I got yeah. an important thing and you can't You can't just go to another barber no. You just can't And then that happened at the end And he didn't know how to The guy didn't know how to cut. It was so It was so black And that's what I love about the show It's, it's like It's like oh, High level art With a black lens I just think yeah. it's like, It takes real black perspectives yeah. That all black people Know what's going on But then it makes it palatable yeah. And funny for everybody. Yeah, you can't go to a different barber, and then what you do is betrayal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't go to your barber, and your hair is like it should. It should be like six weeks fucked up. Yeah, but it's only like two weeks fucked yeah, up. Yeah, they know. Whereas like this is you've had a haircut recently. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, you know my bad. You know I had a, something come I love up. That I, show, man, it's a brilliant show. <laughs> so yeah, Atlanta, man, and, yep. and, and, and everything else that we mentioned. Uh, France, great to have you back, my yes, guy, sir. and uh, um, everybody else is glad, glad to have you back as well. And uh, yeah, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime Frantel Evans and we'll see you guys next week Deuces
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 